Hey everybody, Gary here. I have launched a Kickstarter. If you go over to duckfeed.tv forward slash souls of darkness, it will redirect to a much more complicated Kickstarter URL for this project. It is a book. Um, it is a parody, World of Power style parody book as if Dark Souls was a Nintendo game. It's called Souls of Darkness. Um, a girl gets sucked into the world of Coledron um, and has to deal with Dark Souls-esque shit. And it's really goofy and funny. Nick Daniel from Latchkey Kingdom is on the art. It looks great. Um, I'd really appreciate your support and checking it out. And if you like it, um, spreading the word, retweets, etc. are all uh, uh, much appreciated. So again, duckfeed.tv forward slash souls of darkness. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is an undead favorite. Uh, a We're cur- back. A, a, cur- a cursed favorite. Cursed. Yeah. There we go. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, it's a cursed favorite. <laughs> yeah. We're back. <laughs> We're back to the game everybody loves to hate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, hey, Drang Lake. Hey. How you been, dog? It's been been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's been... <laughs> a minute during like i don't think we've done a single it's been during the uh during the bloodborne season oh that's true well that's that, that's a dark souls 2 thing yeah it is huh let's let's make all the jokes that we made during the dark souls 2 uh season because truly it's been a while <laughs> yep. uh, since we've been able to do it yeah yeah so, so uh if you can't tell we're back to talking about dark souls 2 yeah and... dark souls 2 be- because um from did a thing called scholar of the first sin now <laughs> astute listeners will uh recognize that we did an episode on the scholar of the first sin patch mm-hmm. um which changed the the story and um i think that we both kind of came to the conclusion like wrapped it up pretty nicely did a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of work towards um redeeming what is largely considered in the community to be one of the weaker aspects of the game um but in addition to that they did a full kind of new version of it um, that changes everything. <laughs> yep. So, yes. yeah. So this is an HD remake. This is the version um, that is kind of marketed as the DirectX 11 mm-hmm. um, version on PC. And also it was uh, sold as a new game on the uh, on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Yeah. And it is it is prettier. Mm-hmm. The um, You know, because we had Dark Souls 2, we all played it on PS3. And I was like, this looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then we played it on PC and we're like, wow, this is great. And then Scholar came out and we're just like, can it get any fucking better? Um, so when, when eventually when they do like the Forsaken of the Lost Cause or whatever version for PS5 and we'll, we'll then know true, true graphical <laughs> fidelity. Um, it is prettier, though. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It, yeah. it, it runs at 1080p, uh, whereas uh, on consoles, it was, it was at 720 and the, the textures are much crisper and um, it's darker. Uh, yeah, like they revamped the lighting system. Now, this is not the much vaunted and much pined for lighting system from the E3 previews, uh, but it is still dark enough to change play um, in some places. Yeah, in, in quite a few, I mm-hmm. would say. 
Um, you know, and this was one of the things, so I got it. This is something I played at that band, uh, Bandai Namco, Namco Bandai event. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, got to see that. Yeah. The, uh, um, the, the, uh, it's actually Lenin Trotsky. Mm. Um, but the, um, it was something I got to, to play, uh, and the first thing I noticed, I was like, oh, shit, it just got real, um, <laughs> was that there were areas that were just like, I can't see, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they did a really good job with that. It's not overused. Right. You know, otherwise it would be there'd be no reason to have a shield because you'd always have to use your torch. Right. But uh, they did make it darker, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of biggest change, though, is this. I mean, it's it, because it, you know, literally permeates every single aspect of it <laughs> is this rebalancing um, where enemy positions and item locations and enemy types mm-hmm. um, are totally shuffled around yeah. in a way that completely changes the way that the, the game feels and plays. Yeah. Like down to the sequences, uh, the, 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 the sequence that you approach areas and kind of the mm-hmm. gates that they put in your way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this isn't uniformly like a, like like uh, uh, making this harder, right? This isn't a ROM hack of Dark Souls 2. In, in fact, there are some areas where it feels easier. Uh, but in general, I think the move was towards stuff that was more appropriate and stuff that would be surprising for people who, um, you know, were coming at this from, uh, you know, like, like, like with existing Dark Souls 2 knowledge. And it, it is, uh, Dark Souls 2 is turning out to be one of the best examples of like, this transient nature in video games is a medium for us <laughs> because like, you know, we, we've had this game revised on us so many times that um, we, one, we can't come at this and, and say what it'd be like just to just play scholar and never have right. played the original. Um, the same way we can't say like what it would be like to play it without the, you know, ultra homing shrine of Amana and, <laughs> you know, uh, super overpowered hexes yeah. in, in the very beginning. Like they, they've made so many changes. So the changes that they've made, I know that I like them and they're really thoughtful and considerate for somebody who has played Dark Souls mm-hmm. 2 a lot. Um, I can't say how they would go over if somebody hasn't played it, but I like to think that they're they're positive. Um, a lot of the head scratching that we did and kind of just like, well, this would have been cool if they would have done more with this <laughs> um, is answered directly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that the, there are some places where they actually did d- did things that we supposed would have made sense there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's incredibly gratifying. It's like you know, one of the hallmarks of good dialogue is when somebody reacts to something the way you would as you're yeah. watching. When you think, "Oh shit," and the character says, "Oh shit." Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and there, there are definitely moments like that, and plenty of surprises too. Like, yeah. it is, it, you know, we'll we'll do final thoughts eventually, but like as far as value goes, it does feel very different. Yeah. So, like, if you're, you know, I understand if you're reluctant, but it is a totally pretty new experience. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the changes they made is that, and this is something they say, you know, you have to do with the, the graphics card. It has to do with that DirectX 11 on the PC version, um, is including more summons. Yeah. Um, so you can have more summons with you. Um, <laughs> you can have more invaders, and there are more summons just included in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And those summons that are included in the game, they're actually not all just for bosses. They're putting these summons at the bonfires. Um, in order to help you tackle these areas too. And they're all, and they're really thoughtfully kind of considered, you know, like it doesn't feel random, like, oh, this is adjective proper noun Mm -hmm. and they're just uh, a hodgepodge of equipment. Like they are, you know, Hey, when you're in Shrine of Amana, it might be nice to have an archer. If you don't have an archer, (laughs) here's, here's Lone Hunter Schmidt Mm -hmm. and he's an archer, you know, like they, they do things like that. And that's really cool. It makes more sense to have him there than in Black Gulch. 
Exactly. And then the person they have in Black Gulch now makes more sense. And in general, they do a really good job with that. Yeah. I think makes more sense and is more appropriate is is a little bit of the like the 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 thesis for this right or at least yeah. my my overall opinion right now going into it yeah for sure yeah um something else that they've kind of changed up and this is kind of part of messing with the sequence in which you can approach areas um mm -hmm. so the original game had these pharos lockstones right which are just items that you uh can can grab in order to activate certain devices sometimes this opens up you know hidden areas um they turn the fragrant branches of yore those items that uh unpetrify uh different statues that you find blocking your way in the area th those were very rarely used before now they're all over the fucking place and this is another way for them to manipulate the sequence Yes. And, and as kind of a, a benefit to that, or, you know, the side thing of that is that you get more fragrant branches of, of your, mm -hmm. um, but it gives you, it gives you more freedom, right? Because if you get a, a fragrant branch and you've passed by five statues, <laughs> you get to choose which one you use. And in the past, just one statue opened up a new area, but here, you know, there are more of them. They can function as shortcuts mm -hmm. as well. Um, you know, it doesn't make any sense for there to be petrified people there. Like, this is not a, cho a choice that is made. This feels a little bit like a Band-Aid, but it's still like a needed Band-Aid. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it's not a lore thing. It seems like something they did in order to change the topology of the world without actually changing the geometry. Because that would have been prohibitively yeah. you know, expensive and, and unwieldy. So they, mm -hmm. this, is a, this is a slapdash kind of thing, but, it, mm -hmm. you know, it works pretty well. Yeah. Um, so most of the, the story changes and lore changes we talked about. Um, so there were new item descriptions, um, and obviously the NPC, um, the scholar of the first sin. Um, so we'll kind of talk about those as they pop up, but mostly we're going to talk about the new mechanics and the way the areas play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And where that intersects with kind of our suppositions about the individual areas, um, mm -hmm. and where they fit in the lore, we will definitely hammer that because we like talking about lore. Um, there's just not as much of that as I would have hoped. In, in this change? You mean in, in 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 my opinion, yes, in this change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's not um, like it still doesn't the the biggest um, not unanswered questions, but under answered questions mm -hmm. from Dark Souls Two are not really touched upon. Yeah, like the things like uh, you know the Emerald Herald that payoff is kind of weak, mm -hmm. um, which I thought was the you know the least you know the least uh, developed thing, and the actual stuff that they add lore wise, they the outright add is kind of weird and not necessary. Like some of it's neat. <laughs> But, like, the Forlorn, which we'll talk about, are not that interesting. Like, yeah. they're cool mechanically. Mm -hmm. Lore-wise, they're not that interesting. Yeah. Um, so they don't add a lot of lore. Mm -hmm. um, it's more just like they – it's like a, a addition by subtraction kind of <laughs> thing. Addition. Where like by Yeah, by, by, by addition by multiplication, where, like, <laughs> the lore is stuff that should have been there in the first place. Like, mm -hmm. why is this enemy here? Yeah. You know? As opposed to this other one. Like, oh, it seemed really weird that they were there. It turned out is for nothing. That's disappointing. Now that is not the case. Right. You know, so it, it gets rid of some unanswered questions more than it answers questions, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, where it answers questions we didn't have, like with this forlorn, like I didn't need another crazy Aldia creation. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we get it. We get yeah. Aldia yeah. Um, at this point. Um, <laughs> like, but I still, I like them as a mechanic, though, uh -huh. because they are unpredictable and and weird. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of things, um, and this is true of Dark Souls 2 in general, and, and there will be some Dark Souls 2 reflecting that will happen during these episodes because, um, partly just because I just replayed it, you know. 
Um, so it's fresh in my mind, but there are a couple like mechanical things that are really neat that they haven't done else time other times in the series. Yep. And the forlorn are one of them where like they have set places they can invade, mm-hmm. um, but they're not set. So yeah. you don't really know when you're going to get one of these guys no. and they can come at terrible times and they can come <laughs> yeah. during other invasions. Um, like you could be fighting a forlorn and other phantoms, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Like, and it does add this sense of like stakes and, <laughs> intention yeah where i was going with that where you know like even if the story is kind of kind of lame in the grander scale it doesn't in you know answer anything we really wanted answered it's still pretty cool like these are people that aldia experimented on so much that they lost their corporeal bodies so their phantom is just searching and snapping to whatever world they can yeah like, yeah and that's just, like, that's a great that. idea yeah it's super you know super super cool yeah um there's also a lot of like whimsical changes mm-hmm. that i can't figure out what they're for <laughs> One of the, this is, I had no idea. So I played through this whole game without knowing this and just found out from looking up online, uh-huh. but there are, there are invisible hollows everywhere Yep, in the world, like straight up, just hollows. You can't see. They're just chilling, like non-aggressive <laughs> enemies. It, it It's like a paranoid madman's like, <laughs> you know, phobia where like, oh, there are invisible people everywhere. Like, yes, actually there are invisible people everywhere. <laughs> um so yeah and 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 usually like the way i you'd find these is like sometimes they're near light sources so you can see that they cast a shadow and that's where it drives you crazy too because i thought my my eyes were playing tricks on me yeah yeah (laughs) and then you attack them and you get upgrade materials Mm -hmm. um usually get uh silky smooth silky things yeah um but it's just so weird Mm -hmm. like such a weird choice and like not a bad one like it's just i don't it just feels whimsical it doesn't feel like it adds to lore nor mechanical it feels like an easter egg yeah you know um, um also also they turn they they kind of turn drain lake into a lisa lisa frank poster with those butterflies oh yeah yeah there are now <laughs> butterflies everywhere yeah. like just hidden easter egg butterflies like if it was a fucking zelda game you'd have to collect all 50 of them <laughs> um and trade them to a merchant for an extra mask or some shit mm-hmm. like it is they're just every like just around um <laughs> and they again they drop upgrade material yeah. Or like not upgrade material necessarily, but they have, they drop um items that are desirable. Yeah. Um but not not so much so that you need to seek them out. Mm-hmm. Um it's just weird. So there are butterflies and invisible hollows lounging everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's a way chiller kingdom. <laughs> you know? Know? I, I want to do like the victory lack, uh, the, the the victory lap version of Drang Lake after you know after you uh, like the like if the cycles got better and you were just going around talking to all the all the NPCs and everything was back in good repair, like the end of like the end of Zelda. Yep, like the end of Zelda three or yeah, <laughs> just go back and it would just be all these loungings, Carl, like just just <laughs> sleeping by the side of a building. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're we're going area by area here. We're going to cover this in two episodes. And then have one for your response. And this episode, we're going up through Drang Lake. Yes. Um, so let's talk about Things Betwixt. So yes, Things Betwixt. This is where we uh, get started, as per usual. There's nothing too crazy here. It's not like you start with the Falconers and their crazy paper mache birds. Um, yeah, that, that comes later. <laughs> yeah, those guys do hang out mm-hmm. um, in, in the main game now. Yeah. Um, there, are, I mean, there are a couple of enemies from New Game Plus that bleed into to New Game now. Yeah. Um, which it, for the most part is, is a good, uh, good decision. Um, but here it just like, this is the first time you're going to see that things are prettier. Um, and as you kind of make your way through, um, part of the tutorial area is blocked off by a statue. <laughs> um, you can't get there. And that is where the, uh, the sex changing casket is. 
<laughs> down on Sex Change Beach. Yeah. So you, so you come back here with a fragrant branch of your, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there are basilisks in here. Yes, there are, which uh, for me, you know, with my Ash Lake fetish, um, actually putting those here, um, even did, if they Did they are... catch you in the Ash Lake Madison leak that just recently <laughs> happened? <laughs> uh, Gary, I'm a dugger. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I meant to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but but um uh, i don't even know ash lake madison that's pretty oh, good no there's a so no. there's a there's, you know what okay yes i know i know what i know what that is okay. <laughs> yeah but uh but that, that that's that that's pretty good uh no but i but just uh to, to have that connection kind of cemented or to have a little bit more um kind of evidence for that in my mind is always a good thing specifically because this area does so does so much evoke that with uh with the root imagery and stuff yeah, it's it's just nice to like having um part of the tutorial blocked off <laughs> is really cool because it's such a gamey area mm-hmm. and be like, oh shit, you know. Um and then when you get in there and there are there are basilisks, it's like, oh okay, this is no longer part of the tutorial, you and know. You, and you can hear them too. Yeah, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah. And and to put this so so early on, like of all the areas you would expect to remain unchanged, this is this is one of them. Like this in Majula, I wouldn't have thought that they would put this here, but like what it does is it gives more mystery and it gives you a motivation to come back. Yeah. And it's pretty neat too because once you kind of get through these guys and get down to Sex Change Beach, um and uh even before you, you know, take out the two ogres there there, um the pursuer shows up. <laughs> so the pursuer is another element that is kind of permeates the first, you know, third of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in a way that we all wanted him to and thought he would, based on his name, yeah, and the like. Yeah. So you're fighting him on the beach as opposed to you know just having to deal with these ogres, and um, the, he is like the forlorn. And there were times where the forlorn would get me um, at the very same time that the pursuer would. He doesn't, so he doesn't show up randomly like the Forlorn. He has specific times he shows up in specific areas, but he is like that in that he can come, you know, regardless of triggers. So, like, if you're fighting Ogres, he'll still show up. Mm -hmm. If you're fighting Forlorn, he still shows up. Mm -hmm. Um, He don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, um, and generally when you fight him outside of his boss arena, um, he gives you Twinkling Titanite. Yeah. Um, So that's valuable depending on your build. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you have to earn your right to, uh, to go use sex change coffin. <laughs> As opposed to um, it yeah. just being some weird thing that if you're properly hollowed, you might not notice actually makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you're suddenly, you're wearing like a, a bra. <laughs> um, there are also all those torches that are in the tutorial and we were just like, why are all those torches there? Um, <laughs> and now if you light them all, a phantom kind of invades you. Mm-hmm. And that, that mechanic pops up a couple of times, actually. To, to better effect later. Yo, God. Um, yeah, in like, in a really, really, I really like the way that they use it um, in, in Aldeas. Mm-hmm. Um, but here it's just like, oh, you get to, you fight a guy if you do this thing. Mm-hmm. And what they're trying to tell you, I think, is that um, you're going to have to make this, you know, lighting up these torches can make things easier and give you mm-hmm. other advantages, but it's also attracting attention. Yeah. Um, you know, so you might have to deal with with these enemies actually being concerned with the torches at this point um you know playing it playing through at this time as opposed to just messing around with it uh that kind of changes the loop of the game a little bit like it adds another another like kind of batch of repetition just because you're no longer just using flame butterflies or using the bonfire to you know to get your torch up you're actually kind of like making a chain and kind of clearing the way so that you can light off of the previous torch that you lit um, yeah, you like, happen to lose it. 
this time around, um, just for, for shits and giggles, I decided to light every torch. Me too. Yeah. And uh, just to see how it looked and, and to see what happens because things happen. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so, so you make your way to Majula, which is largely the same, except for one really obscure thing that like <laughs> I never would have found in a million years. I just found on YouTube. Um, there's a guy who I've been uh, crowing about on our Facebook page. He's so good. Who, he's he's really cool. Um, and, and his name is Zoe Koikum. Um, he, I don't think that English is his first language, but he's been doing these, um, 10 things, 10 details or 10 things you might not know about Souls games, uh, videos, which are, are you know, people, those show up all the time. Vadi does those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually learning things from them pretty consistently. <laughs> and he did two on Scholar, which is how I saw, you know, how I first learned about the butterflies that are everywhere and this next thing, um, yes. but I'll put him in the show notes. Um, all of his videos are worth watching. Like I learned things <laughs> about Dark Souls one. Um, I didn't know. Like, for example, the uh, channelers, the chant that they do when they cast a spell. <laughs> that blew my mind, man. Say, yeah, they're them saying, uh, find an artifact off my corpse backwards. Yep. Um, which is the same thing Lord Rydell says. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just repurposed dialogue. But it's mm-hmm. I had no idea that was backwards chanting. And what a weird <laughs> thing for them to say is cast a spell, <laughs> like find an artifact on my corpse <laughs> as, a, as, a sta- as a sentence on its own. That's kind of beautiful. Um, <laughs> but I'm like still learning things about Dark Souls 1 thanks to this dude. So yeah. Um, shout out to that guy. Good on him. We the seal of approval. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So this the, the this trick that we're alluding to confirms that From just wants to hide secrets in pigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm su- I'm surprised that they didn't uh, slide in some kind of Charlotte's Web thing in in uh, uh, Seldora actually. Yeah. Yeah. Or or just even in, in Bloodborne or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. this is the secrets in pigs. Uh, section. the the little little girl's quest with the pig. Yeah, I guess it's a secret that it has to do with a pig. Yes. I guess I don't consider it to be a secret. That, that pig is a party to a secret. Yeah. It's not a secret inside a pig. <laughs> so those uh, the, the, those little piglets, the cute little guys that will wreck your shit um, mm-hmm. uh, behind, uh, behind the mansion, um, if you kill them, I think, like 12 times, um, uh, two bigger pigs will spawn, like regular-sized boars. And if you kill those some number of times, a giant boar will spawn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like a, a giant boar that shows up in New Game Plus in Seldora, mm-hmm. but is unique to New Game. And if you kill him, you get three uh, cracked red eye orbs, mm-hmm. um, which you always got. They had a chance to drop those because those pigs are invaders, like they're they're evil spirits. <laughs> um, but this is just a weird little thing you can do that you wouldn't think to do. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just kind of a secret. Yeah, um, I, I just always wonder about the first person to do that. Oh, totally. To like, why? What would it possess you? Well, I mean, okay, so twelve times—that's what it takes to to clear them. So, if somebody just didn't want to deal with the pigs anymore, that—that—that's yeah, that, probably what would have possessed them. They're really easy to avoid. I know, right? But like, yeah, I mean, I guess that could be the case if you're just trying to clear mm-hmm. Drink Lake, you know, which I'm sure somebody's done that. It's like the the uh, ghost ghost town challenge. Lobos balked at that, so I doubt anybody's done it. I guess that, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, maybe somebody started it, and if they started it, they uh, probably yeah. started it, Jula. Yeah. I could see that, but overall, Majula is still home sweet home. Mm-hmm. Nothing, yeah. nothing aside from them piggies. Yeah, and no, nothing that when we talk about the lore questions, it doesn't answer. Like, they obviously didn't get their voice actors in the studio or anything to record new voice dialogue or anything like that. Like, that was more mm-hmm. that was outside the scope of this project. So we don't get Claran, you know, talking about her father more or anything like that. Like, yeah, all of the NPCs that are kind of wet farts mm-hmm. when they get the Majula remain. So yeah, and uh, the mansion still no further connection to Aldia in there um even yeah. down in the, in the in the chest or in the basement with uh with the broken soul vessel and whatnot like the no more clarity is brought to that by the items that are found there yeah yeah 
So I, I still maintain, you know, my, my idea of as to what that was, mm -hmm. but it wasn't supported, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, that's fine. That's not Southwest before. Yeah, it's true. Um, so yeah, Forest of Fallen Giants. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is, it feels more like an, less like a level and more like an area that has seen a war. Yes. This, um, th this has a definite aftermath kind of feel to it. And this is something that pops up throughout most of the areas that are kind of former battlegrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you get to, you know, you kind of make your way through, it's mostly the same. There's an ogre there, you know, just, <laughs> I, I kind of like fuck with you. Like you shouldn't fight this ogre when you first get here, <laughs> um, but you can run past him. But, but he's, but he, he's specifically in the river. Uh, so if you do the crazy jumping to get, uh, those little yeah. upgrade materials, it'll pop you out right in his war path. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, you can, it's hard to fight this guy at this point. Yeah. Um, but one of the big changes, and this plays more into the next area than this, but it, it's first touch on here mm -hmm. is it was so weird that uh, Hades Knights were just floating around mm -hmm. everywhere. No longer the case. They've all been called home except for yep. one. <laughs> yep. Which is, which is good. Like that's what, you know, they should be, they should, they should come home to the Papa. Mm -hmm. um, instead, there's just soldiers here. Oh my God. So many soldiers. This was not a wall for me before. And there, th th this always was a high concentration of uh, mm -hmm. Apollo warriors and whatnot, but um, th they must've like doubled the number of enemies here. There are a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And um, this is this is one of the ways that they make some areas harder. It's just by throwing more enemies and more enemies at you than I can imagine was possible in the old in the old system. Yeah, so you end up having to do um like kind of uh, uh you know back off of areas, mm -hmm. which are things that I had to do in the DLCs a lot. Mm -hmm. Um especially in Iron King, I recall like okay, there there're too many things here I need to kind of lead these guys back. And slowly you do that. And you have to do more of that in the main game now. Um, yeah. Just for certain areas, not all the time. They right. don't repeat it ad nauseum, but it definitely happens here. Mm -hmm. um, you go down to that uh, the lava tunnel that, <laughs> or the uh, the salamander tunnel, mm -hmm. um, which just by the way, those salamanders remain the hardest enemy in the game for me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I can't beat them, <laughs> you know, which is ridiculous. Like I, I can I beat Fume Knight, but mm -hmm. I can't kill the salamanders. Like, if you kill all of them, it actually puts out the fire that's down there. It's another thing I learned from Zoikoikum. Um Yeah. What the huh. fuck? But yeah, like, if you... <laughs> um, but there's reasons to go down there now. Yeah. That there weren't before. This whole... Um, the, like, this whole area is kind of linked to the Iron King close, yeah. more closely now. Like, the Turtle Knights, instead of just being peppered throughout, they're like, they're, they're one or two errant ones. But they're down here chilling with the, uh, you know, on the fire side. Yeah, because they're that's that's what they're associated with, and the key to that DLC mm -hmm. is down there with the rebel so, shield. Yeah, yeah, which of course it should be because that's where Raim, mm -hmm. you know, that's where Raim ended up. So like, it makes tons of sense. But you have to get down there and face those things, and I don't know what it is like why those things are so hard for me. But like, I cannot beat those salamanders. I, I just suicide run like mad. I've just never tried. Okay, <laughs> so so I can't give you any I can't give you any pro tips or tips and tricks or pointers. They have unreasonably high HP. Mm -hmm. Like the playthrough I did for this for this recording, I did dual wielding big fuck off strength weapons like the mm -hmm. whole time. Um, so I would you'll know, be doing power stance L two, you mm -hmm. know attacks, which like it's like the most powerful physical attack you can do in the game yeah. with a single strike, and it was doing like ten percent of their life <laughs> or so. And they just like they have this crazy tracking where they can turn around and breathe fire at you you know, push you out of the way. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like really well armored mm -hmm. or anything, but like, man, these things remain yeah. the worst. And especially if you're down there in their house, they cover each other very well. 
And, yeah. and even by the time you can, you know, rightfully get down there, uh, once you have the key from the Iron Keep, um, you're still not that well appointed to deal with those, to deal with those mm. attacks. No, I just had to suicide run until I could get through there yeah. um, to get the key. Mm -hmm. But um, so in more Turtle Knights, they're also, this is where they first introduced Darkness. This was the first Darkness I saw mm -hmm. um, at, uh, at the, the event. Um, upstairs from the Cardinal Bonfire. Yes. Uh, and then also down in the uh, the tunnel to the Soldier's Rest, uh, which mm -hmm. I believe was one of the areas that, that they used to show off the lighting in the in the infamous E3 demo. Yeah, yeah, so, it's in that first, uh, first demo. I just, I just pictured some guy, like, adjusting a slider saying, you fucking happy now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jackals. Um, <laughs> oh, also, there are skeletons. Gary, there are skeletons in this game that are outside of the Huntsman's Cops. Yeah, yeah. This area is full of spooky skeletons, as well. It should be. Yeah. Um, it's the soldiers' rest. Mm -hmm. Like this is these are the soldiers. They are not hollow, <laughs> so they're skeletons. Yep. So they're still they're still cursed to eternal life. <laughs> just a but better eternal life. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just cooler and and more marimbas. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I just I'm just picturing uh like like a skeleton with a bumper sticker on the back of his pelvis bone that says mm -hmm. leaner and meaner. Yeah. <laughs> Add to the bone. Um. <laughs> proud proud parent of an honor skeleton yeah <laughs> um, but but yeah so that that darkness uh that, that that's kind of what inspired me to start uh lighting up all of that i i i heard you when you when you said oh it's darker like when you when you were texting me and reporting back on the on the uh the the namkai bando uh bando mccartney thing. yeah bando mccartney yep um <laughs> yeah um and i was hey, like bando <laughs> Let's warm the beetles. Let's warm the bottles. Yeah. Uh, but, but um, I, you know, like I, I heard it and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't realize the extent to which it would be true. Yeah. It's, it's pitch dark. Like it yeah. is, you can barely see, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, so you really want to bust out that torch there. Yeah. Um, and we've been looking, we, we've spent some time last season uh, during the dark soul season, uh, trying to figure out what the channelers for this game were going to be. Mm -hmm. um, turns out we got them just one HD remake later because now Cyan Knights are posted up around anything of interest to King Vendrick. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which makes sense. Like he, he is putting his agents in front of things that he wants to guard and he does even more with this later, mm -hmm. you know, like he ends up, um, like, uh, just spoiler, like non boss versions of dragon riders <laughs> end out up in front of stuff because, you know, he has a vested interest in keeping Nashandra out. Yep. You know, so it's not it's not enough just to put, you know, a couple couple dudes there yeah. who are who are mindless. Like we didn't we didn't mention this, but like the soldiers who are here are not under his control. No, uh, they are clearly going through the motions of their their mm -hmm. war because the uh, when you f come across them, they're hacking at those giant corpses, <laughs> the giants that turn into trees. They're just mindlessly hacking and carrying out the things that they did in oh life. Oh, my gosh. Which is like that's just something that we is like that is like a, a theme in the Souls game. It's like that yeah. happens in all the time in souls games and it's always really cool and, and you know like I, I was i was looking at that and you know just just kind of reflecting on the the the, the dull ember right just the mm -hmm. idea of this of this thing that once rage that that once raged but is now in this in this pitiful state that might be its natural state yeah like 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 like, th like this specific thing that underlines this observation we've had about you know hollowing being losing your hope or losing your purpose but still you know kind of like feebly and fragilely pursuing it Mm -hmm. yeah. like 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 this is this is one of the most poignant additions to the game they made yeah 
Yeah, it is just really striking when you first see it, you know, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have been hard for them to implement it in the main game. Like, it's not a technology feature. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, it's just like they had the idea and it actually ends up being pretty meaningful. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough. Uh, when you when you get to the uh, last giant, there's a new summon and he's somebody who's <laughs> going to be your buddy. Like, he's like the easy button yeah. for a lot of these things is Sellsword Lewitt. <laughs> um, who uses those two shields that those guys in the undead crypt use? Yep, they go together, and I think he also has the re- the ring that draws aggro. Yes, he has the uh, the red uh, the red eye ring. So he just blocks, and mm-hmm. he's just there to tank. And like, whenever <laughs> he shows up, it's like okay, yeah, you know, like, I know what they're trying to say about yeah. about this fight that's coming up. And I just say, if you're a newbie to the game, they've made a lot of changes to make things harder. But like, mm-hmm. this is going to help you out a lot. Yeah. I don't know that I would have, I mean, I, I would have liked it and there would have been interesting things to say about it. I don't know if it would have been as satisfying if all of the changes were just to make it harder. As it stands, mm. this feels like the Master Quest version of Dark Souls 2. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, is which is far more interesting than just cranking all the all the numbers up. Yeah, it's it's not just a harder version. It's somewhere between like a Master Quest version and a remake. Mm-hmm. Like a, the Resident Evil remake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, in Soldier's Rest, if you head over there, which <laughs> remains like a really optional area. Like yeah. You still don't have any real reason to go over there. But it's still um, so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you still have your regular, you know, enemies you've been facing, but now there's an invasion there. <laughs> yep. And uh, uh, Armor or Dennis, he's going to give you shit the whole time. Armor or Dennis, who is a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. So that's he's not a what craftsman, armor right? Means. Like if he was, uh, if, if he's infusing stuff, like if he's making magical armor. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I would then I would have preferred Enchanter Dennis, I think. Mm, yeah. Um some of them have very some of the new NPCs have really dorky names, which I really love. <laughs> yeah. Um so Armor Dennis is is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um so Hades Tower of Flame is now a big difficulty spike rather than an area you can it's more kinda... or less just dash through. Yeah, you can't traipse through this. No. Yeah. So we mentioned all those Hades Knights being called home. Yeah, now they are still kind of chilling out, like resting against walls and stuff, but they're very much in their own kingdom, or at least what remains above the surface of their kingdom. And they, they don't, they're not initially hostile, but once you kill a boss and make your way back through here, they mm-hmm. become hostile. So they'll start aggroing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you come back here to kill the other boss in the area, um, you have to deal with these guys, and it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are not playing by, I don't know what lore implications this has um you know i feel like some of that ship has sailed mm-hmm. but they don't play by the honor rules that the the giants do right the giant knights do where like they want to duel with you the hades knights will will still try to fight you mm-hmm. so. yeah so i wonder if they're if they're trying to protect this or if they are uh just kind of pissed off that you've rested them like you 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 know and after you kill the boss like all bets are off but you know if, if they are just chilling you have done a dishonorable thing <laughs> By by, yeah. by provoking them, so that that's possibly there. But I I don't I don't really sense any connection between them or the or the old knights. You know, no, no, I don't I don't necessarily see that either. The old knights made sense because I they were they're part of the you know the order of blue or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, based on the the orbs they drop and 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 all that jazz. But the Hades knights, I think, just you know, it's like one is is part of this order that's moved into Hades, mm-hmm. and one are the actual knights that fought for this yeah. land, like whatever happened before it sank. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the Cathedral of Blue, speaking of that order that has kind of moved in here, uh, that is no longer just like a, a place where you can, you know, reasonably wander off to and get to easily because what is parked outside of this uh, besides a gigantic fuck off dragon? 
Yeah, this is where when I was at that event, um, the guy from from uh, Paul McCartney no, um, <laughs> kept uh, making me reset the demo. Mm. I kept making a beeline for this dragon because I wanted to see if I could beat him. And he kept the the Japanese man behind him would say something like whisper something in his ear. And then he would come to me and apologize and reset the demo. <laughs> um, and it just happened over and over because I was just trying to see everything I could see. Um, but they weren't they weren't ready to show this guy off. I don't know if he was maybe poorly implemented or what have you. Mm. Um, but he is he is the, like a garden guardian dragon. Yep. Um, so he's you know effectively is another boss fight, mm-hmm. especially for this area in the game. In su- and, on such a small arena too. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the platform kinda, is kinda, barely bigger than he is. It's like a mini version of the the elder dragon or whatever the ancient mm-hmm. dragon because he can do that flame thing mm-hmm. uh, and cover a lot of the the space because he's on this smaller circle. Yeah. Um, but you have to beat him before you can get in to fight uh, Ornstein. Yeah, which is funny because Ornstein is not any tougher. No, Ornstein is the same. Like mm-hmm. He's no better at... I mean, if he was tougher, he would have taken care of that dragon outside. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but this is interesting because this makes the, uh, the, 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 the Blue Sentinels less of a kind of like early to mid-game piece of content, right? Like, yeah. like, like that. This, this is that. This is a hidden faction, even more so than it was before, or at mm-hmm. least tougher to get to. Yeah, tougher to get to. It's like you know that something's there, but you're not going to get it right away. It's funny. Um, it's, it's like a test to make sure that you're good at your shit before you go, like, uh, before you go try and protect people. Yeah, before you go do a bunch of PvP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine this probably impacts the the meta. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't necessarily, you know, I don't do PvP really, so I don't yeah. keep up with it. But the fact that in order to join this this uh this faction um you know you have to uh beat this dragon probably makes a difference mm-hmm. um dragon rider is more or less the same they move yep. they mercifully move the ring of binding down here not by the big fuck off <laughs> dragon yep so you can get it yeah puts it yeah. on the path and that, that like that is a necessary item it feels like yeah at least to me so that like that that, that is that is a kindness uh that they that they do to you um, the uh the other thing that mm-hmm. i did in addition to lighting every torch is i spent the whole playthrough human Oh yeah, um, this, this playthrough. Yep. Hmm. Um, so because I wanted to get invaded more, hmm. and uh, I was summoning with abandon. You yeah, know, like me, I me because too. it's like yeah. I have nothing to prove. I've already gone through this, but mm-hmm. um, I wanted to say human to spice things up. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah. I summoned every chance I got, just you yeah. know, for expedience' sake, but also once I noticed uh, the NPC summons that were that were available. I was like, yeah, and to yeah. see what they're like because mm-hmm. you know they're interesting. It's part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like I think that, you know, like outside of outside of what we're going to talk about here pretty soon, like the changes to Hades were to make everything feel more appropriate to the setting. Yeah. You know, Hades is there. You have a dragon <laughs> like, you know, the, the guardian dragon didn't come in to help with the dragon rider. I'm not sure that that would have made a great deal of sense. But like this feels less like a pathway to whatever is next. Yeah, it was kind of a non area. Mm hmm. You know, it's one of the smallest areas geographically that we covered in the the first or the first time we went through this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so no longer the case. Um, the little area that's below the uh, the church mm-hmm. here that felt really lore-brecht before still feels that way. Yep. Um, th- there's not a lot more sense that's made of this. It's 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 the wacky cavern, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you still have your old knights and you have the hailbirds and stuff like that, but um, there's a there's a fragrant branch of your gate here, which gets you to a mastodon and also some basilisk, which I have nothing, I have no idea what what that has to do with smuggling undead through no man's worth or the Vangarians. Well, the the basilisk I thought was there because there was a petrified guy here. 
Right. The but Petrified that guy make, was there yeah, because of the basilisk. Is, yeah, exactly. Like that that's the problem. I was like, okay, but why are they, you know? Um you know, so it, it and then I thought like, oh, whenever there's a petrified guy, there's gonna be a basilisk nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh not the case. Right. So um this this may still makes no sense and it's still a really unsatisfying area. Mm-hmm. Um but what is satisfying <laughs> is no man's wharf. Yeah. Um which they generally this is an area that's generally uh easier. Mm-hmm. Um, than it used to be, which is, which is, uh, you know, again, they're not just cranking up the difficulty slider. No, I, again, like more appropriate. We're going to, I'm going to keep beating that drum sometimes quite literally when it comes to that ship. Um, <laughs> but um, it feels like in the original version of this and in the, in the original pass, like everything was like one degree too hidden or one degree too inconvenient, right? Like this is a gigantic, a gigantic area that has no shortcut really effectively to you know to to trivialize the uh, to, to trivialize it as compared to the rest of the to, the to the rest of the game where there's either shortcuts or like bonfires spread throughout um they fixed that by putting one in both yeah. Lu- but you know lucatiel is kind of on the main path but her summon is kind of in an inconvenient place well let's fix that too yeah um gavlin who found gavlin <laughs> I, had to, I had to look in the guide to find Gavlin. Now he is at that first shortcut. Like they, 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 they've kind of taken everything and put it on the main path and also made it possible to kind of shorten that main path to, to give it that uh, ever tightening concentric circle design that I like from Dark Souls areas. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in general, you know, most of the, the Vanguardians are still where they were before, but they've got a couple of new friends. Mm hmm. Um, so some of the, uh, the, uh, the dark men from new game plus who join, yeah. um, join the flexile century are now do a couple of ambushes that are legitimately like really surprising. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you also have some shadows there with their mummy faces, um, posted yeah. up as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and one really nice thing that they did, um, is that they, uh, so I, I didn't notice this, uh, where you put this there, but there are acid barrels as well as oil burial barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, I feel like there's an extra repair powder too. Hmm. I don't know if that's the case, but this is when they're trying to say, like, hey, you should have a backup weapon. They're doubling <laughs> down on that. Yeah. Um, they, did, after... they did a good enough job with that in the first version of this. Yeah. yeah like, this is the is, first time is... where I really hit the durability problems. Definitely necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, uh, So one of the things I really like is that after you beat Flexile, who is, you know, more or less the same, mm-hmm. um, or exactly the same, um, the pyromancy flame is no longer hidden. Like, yeah. you, you pass it on your way to the the astrolabe or whatever that you use to navigate the ship. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. That's a, that, that, that's good. It makes it so you don't have to run through the entire area again. Yeah. 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 Um, so onto the lost Bastille, uh, which yeah. this is one of the most drastically changed areas in the game. <laughs> it's very different. Like you're going to, it was always bisected. Like you're mm-hmm. always going to go through it in kind of different, uh, different runs, mm-hmm. you know, and come at it from different angles. But now that is enforced. Yes. So you're going to come at this, you know, a couple of different ways in mm-hmm. order to get through. And it is not as open from the start as mm-hmm. it once was. Yeah. So it, it is it is a drastically different area depending on which side you kind of go through, um, whether you find the pursuer and uh, go to the tower apart or whether you go through the no man's wharf. Um, you know, it's possible to complete the area from the tower apart, unlike before. Mm-hmm. Where that just kind of gave you stuff that made it easier to, uh, you know, find some of the hidden stuff on the other side of the le- on the other side of the level, and so what that means is once you get to that to that gate that's down by Macduff's um, uh, workshop, that's effectively a wall. Like you can't get over to that, so you have to, you know, go through No Man's Wharf. Which I don't know, like the, like the way that this shakes up what's optional and what's mandatory is so weird. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and just kind of the, you know, cause uh, when you actually go through the pursuer path, Mm-hmm. Um, which again, you just run into a pursuer really quickly <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> You've run into um, so many, like, this is the place where the pursuer comes to seek revenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I mean, that's, he's supposed to be hunting down the undead, right? Like that's his thing. Yeah. Um, and you are on the loose, mm-hmm. you know, like your thumb and your nose at him mm-hmm. just being out there. So he keeps, keeps showing up. He shows up. Um, is it twice or three times here? Uh, there's the, there's one in the, in the courtyard. There's one in the, uh, the, the area that had the silver serpent ring and there's one underneath the servant's quarters when you're going to yeah. Belfry Luna. So three times. Yeah. So, you know, three extra pursuer fights. <laughs> up here. He gets around. Um, and those are all made really different depending on the geography and what enemies you leave around, mm-hmm. um, alive, which I recommend none. If you can help it, because <laughs> yeah. um, fighting pursuer along with anything else is really difficult. But mm-hmm. it is a gameplay thing that you that just didn't exist in the vanilla version. Mm-hmm. Like you never had to fight the pursuer along with something. God, that one by um, the tower apart where you open up that you you open up that chest and you get a fragrant branch of your yay. Like you don't normally get these this early, and then he ambushes you. I think he drops from the drops from the roof maybe, but just yeah. came out of nowhere. And I was like, well, he it, he always I, comes from the ground. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, the, the, there we go. I just, yeah, it just like it, it effectively is out of nowhere, so he might as well have fallen from the sky. But um, but yeah, like I initially, I didn't, it didn't scan what he was. I saw like okay, the, the like the like the red eyes and the floating, but it caught me so off guard that I didn't know what to make of it or how to approach it. So I died to him. Yeah, you know, you know what? No, I actually fell down the pit because that, yeah, that, that that floor has a pit in it. Yeah, it's it's a it, and there's another um, area where you fight him that is also mm-hmm. uh, kind of a shaky ground. Yeah, as well. So it's it's just kind of uh, it's interesting, and I always like fighting the pursuer. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's a boss fight I really enjoy. Yeah, um, especially once you start parrying him, like it gets super fun. <laughs> yeah. um, so like, I I'll take every opportunity to fight the pursuer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you can't just go to the uh, the sentinel or the the ruined sentinels. No, no, um, there's a there's a statue there. Yeah. So if you want to make the critical path to um, the boss and the the lost sinner, it's like what they want you to do, as opposed to just going down a spoke and finishing it Mm -hmm. in one run, is they want you to make your way, get to a boss or get to a hard part and then move and check out another spoke. Mm -hmm. It feels like because depending on how you've been spending your your branches and you could have definitely spent some before this um mm-hmm. you you're probably getting, you you could show up broke here like you don't have any branches yeah. um so you have to go to another area for a little bit or you could do what i did which is get here via the tower apart and get that fragrant branch of your before i figured out um that i needed to use it for the ruin sentinels go back to things betwixt to check out that basilisk hole yeah and then come yeah. back and be left fucked yeah like, well, I mean, you're never fucked. You just well, have to yeah. go check out another area. Mm-hmm. Like, it is that they want you to do kind of make a little headway into every area mm-hmm. and, as and opposed it, to complete them in one, in one go. And what it feels like, and I'm ascribing a lot of motivation to, to the developers here, um, they're, they're effectively trying to codify or enforce the behavior that you naturally do when you first approach these games. Mm-hmm. Or specifically Dark Souls Two, and maybe like a little bit of Demon Souls. Like it has it has that same that same kind of ebb and flow structure to it. Whereas I would just try and power down a spoke because I know Dark Souls Two, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, 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 this is finding ways to stymie that. Yeah, for sure. Um, which I which I dig. Like yeah. I can get into that as as a change. Um, one of the other things I really like is that you get the Doll Ember like a lot sooner mm-hmm. here. Um, which maybe you you could make the argument that's a little bit too soon. Mm-hmm. Um for it but i really like it uh here yeah. because putting it in the hardest you know arguably the hardest area in the game 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that you have to go through two major, three major areas to get to. Mm. Um, beforehand was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, now you can kind of start experimenting with different uh, embers and upgrade materials way earlier. Mm-hmm. It makes it a little bit more satisfying when you find one of those special stones um, yeah. in an area before the dull ember. Whereas before, it was just kind of like, okay, here's a thing I don't have any use for. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. So so you get that. Um, you get uh, different summons for, for the Ruined Sentinels. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, as opposed to, to Pilgrim Belclair, who's mm-hmm. still around. Yep. Um, but you also get Felicia the Brave. Mm-hmm. Making an appearance out now that she's no longer in uh, uh, Shulva. What? What'd you say? Dra- Dragon's Rest. No, no, she used to be in um, uh, Pretty Area. You know, Pretty Zone. <laughs> you know, Pretty, pretty Zone pre- with the the sorcerers. Uh, what? Why is, why is the name escaping me? With the homing sorcerers. Oh, uh, Amana. Amana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where Felicia the Brave used to be. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so. Mm, I, I I got her mixed up with somebody who was in Dragon's Rest. And somebody oh, who's not well. brave. <laughs> yes. So Felicia does a great job here because what you want in this fight is a tank. Somebody who can actually hold the attention of uh, of one of these people. And the fact that there are two NPC, summon, NPC summons evens the playing field for this a little mm-hmm. bit. So this was this was much less of a wall for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, the Bastille key is now uh, is not behind the Belfry Gargoyles anymore. Yeah. Making the Gargoyles uh, actually optional. Mm-hmm. Um, one change is now when the, uh, that first little bit where you see the Gargoyles, <laughs> when you climb up that thing in the if Gargoyle. Yeah. Yeah. If it, now there are three mm-hmm. instead of one. So signaling that there's going to be, and it, it's meaningful that it's three and not two. So it's not like, <laughs> oh, it's the Gargoyles again. It's okay. Now there are more Gargoyles. Yeah. It's, it's not a straight reprise. It's just mostly a reprise. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. Um. So also kind of up here in the in like Strade's Tower, there are these exploding mummies that are being held in these cages now, which mm-hmm. feels like a little bit of a new thing. Um, I feel like those were there before. Okay. That's, I mean, I, I, that, I, I that's a my memory. But... For, for as closely as I paid attention on my first on my first playthrough, uh, you know, allegedly, I think I played it. I paid attention. Feedback will say otherwise. Um, but uh, like, the, the, there's still stuff that like because I hadn't gone through an through an area. Um, in such a long time that, that, that kind of stuck out as new. So I, I kind of couldn't trust my eyes. Yeah. It's been, it's been some time since we covered that. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Also kind of funny, like, like so something that shows up in that little side area with all the forbidden weapons, uh, from before, like, uh, past the antiquated key, uh, gate mm-hmm. is, uh, um, the, the shadows or sorry, no, the yeah, dark the, men, the, 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 yeah, the, 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 yeah, the dark men, they, uh, the, they, they start appearing in regular new game outside of the, uh, the flexal century fight. And, yeah. uh, they, they kind of fulfill a little bit more of their, of their lore purpose from the, uh, for, from the, from their gear. Yeah. And, and, uh, so, you know, that, again, that makes sense as well. And it's, I was really surprised when I ran into one of these guys because they're mm-hmm. agile and, yeah, you know that's that's what they're designed to do is surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, so successful. <laughs> so yeah, so then you make your way into uh, Sinner's Rise, um, which there's not as much like again. So Sinner's Rise used to be full of Aldia monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, that Aldia monster that used to be here now only exists in one other place in the game. Yes, and is now a super cool mystery, <laughs> as opposed to being a dumb thing that oh we fought that like ten hours ago. Yeah, what is it doing here? Now it actually makes sense, and it's kind of lore <laughs> suppositions about that thing, which we'll talk about when we get to Aldia's um, fit now. Yeah. So, so instead of that thing, there's a flexile sentry. Uh-huh, which is appropriate for this area. 
<laughs> yeah, like that, that's what the that's what the sentries did. Uh-huh. Like they were part of this this undead anti underground railroad, mm-hmm. you know, of of imprisoning uh, undead. Mm-hmm. So like, of course, there should be a flexile sentry here. That's what they do. Yeah, and like specifically, this is a jailer, right? You have all yeah. these cells that actually have stuff inside of them. So so there's a Hades knight down here now. Yeah, um, and what the... he, what he do? <laughs> yeah, like poor pup. <laughs> well, no, he got a little bit too curious about that hole in the wall. That's probably true. Yeah, I put his dick in there. Yeah, don't um, stick your dick in those holes. Yep. Um, but um, uh, there's also a summon that you can grab here as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not just uh, Lucatil uh, that you have yeah. to lure through the area. And actually, well, I think that those flexile sentries, or the, the, the flexile sentry is easier to deal with than those uh, undead aberrations. Way, way easier to deal yep. with. Like, getting keeping Lucatil alive for either of these past two areas is way easier. Mm-hmm. Because of the shortcut in uh, uh, No Man's Wharf. And because of uh, the flex hollow entry here, mm-hmm. um, so so no no big deal. And Cellsword Lewitt is a is a solid bro, and trivializes mm-hmm. boss fights, so don't over rely on him. But if you need yeah. to, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And one of the things that and, and I wouldn't have noticed this, you know, the center fight is more or less the same. Mm-hmm. But I've read online, it used to be that uh, her fight would only change if you were actually in New Game Plus. It wouldn't change with um, Bonfire Aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Now it changes with Bonfire Aesthetics. That's good. So if you if you just want to get you know, see the, the new fight, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, like, like hiding that cool stuff behind the new game plus thing when you have a mechanic that is meant to like force it, well, exactly. new game plus in an area. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mixed message. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, um, the, yeah. so yeah, the, like the, like the lore of the rise doesn't change. You just don't have like Aldia stuff. And then that's kind of, again, a commonality, uh, with, with everything being more appropriate. Aldia stuff is in places where it makes sense for Aldia stuff to be. And, and in a way that I think increases the impact of when you actually get to Aldia mm-hmm. stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. and those undead aberrations become something meaningful as opposed to just being a stand in for wanting to have, to have a big hard enemy in a place. Exactly. Exactly. Um, another area that feels really, really different um, <laughs> is the Shaded Woods. Um, so as opposed to this being, um, you know, the, the first part is more or less the same, the uh, the Goblin Town, mm-hmm. you know, th- these guys. Uh, but when you start heading towards Dring Lake and the um, the passage to the Ivory King, mm-hmm. um, you're into Falconers. Yeah. Um, and these guys are obviously, you know, soldiers of Vendrix, another part of his kind of guard. Yeah, these are. Uh, I mean, these are meant to be mercenaries, right? They're supposed to be like the uh, like the, the the band of the hawk. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Like they and and they have one of the best walk cycles. <laughs> have you seen them do that thing? They're forty five degrees off. Yeah, they don't always do it. I don't know <laughs> what triggers it, but when they do it, it's great. It looks super weird. Like it looks like a glitch. I kind of don't like it. It's funny. I, it, it is a glitch. I just think it's funny. Like I'm sure it's not. <laughs> on purpose well no actually you see to initiate you have to skew your pelvis <laughs> yeah and then like they, to... they move like action figures like <laughs> and then you also have to put in a uh, uh, uh you have to put on a bumper sticker that says uh leaner and meaner <laughs> yep exactly yeah um so yeah like my honor student is a falcon <laughs> so... <laughs> um yeah so much like forest of the fallen giants this place feels like it's in the aftermath of something Right. Yeah, it's it's emptier. Mm-hmm. Like there are not uh, lion men mm-hmm. everywhere. So like those guys, like we didn't really know what their story was. <laughs> we still it's just like, yeah, why are they why are they on the way there? Instead, there are now because um, so you still go through the fog, you know, the fog forest. Mm-hmm. But there are there are invisible guys elsewhere. These kind of shades. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which one of the cool things is if you actually, if you get the priestess eye from Ivory King and bring it back here, you can see them now. And you can target which, them. Yeah, which is a really cool change. Like this thing lets you see the invisible, like it's one of the, it's like a TV tropes, like the developers thought of everything mm -hmm. kind of things. Uh, you know, it stretches credulity when we make fun of TV tropes, but we also know the name of every trope. I well, we I think we both admitted that like we yeah. spent time on it. Yeah, that's the thing. No, I, was, not, I was making fun of myself too. I wasn't. I wasn't calling you out. It's not my favorite thing about myself, but it is. <laughs> it is a true thing. It's it is infectious vocabulary. Yeah, for sure, and it, it's handy. Mm -hmm. You know, like if it wasn't useful, then it wouldn't exist. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So these guys, they're not just in the shaded, like in the in the actual foggy part of the woods either. You know, they're obviously still there. Um, they kind of permeate permeate the area. Um, and I don't know about you, but it kind of felt like like this was the aftermath of a battle between these guys and the lion men. Yeah. I don't yeah, know because why. the lion men clearly lost. Yes. You know, they they are only here when they're petrified. Mm -hmm. You know, um, are there non petrified lion men? There's like one or two. Okay, but, they're very rare now, though. Yeah, so so uh, so they're not just like posted up, you know, and and resisting all damage. And actually, now that I think about it, the where there there are the two that I'm thinking of, they are in that little fortress. Mm -hmm. You kind of go around the corner, so you get this idea that they're maybe holed up there. Mm -hmm. So like they have the fog forest full of the invisible guys. The invisible guys are kind of searching this area, mm -hmm. and there are a couple lion men, but they're always behind walls. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, so this implies that the lion men lost a battle. I don't know why they were fighting the battle. I still don't know. Like, even their armor doesn't it doesn't apply that. Why were they petrified if not because somehow the basilisks were weaponized? Yeah, and before when there was just a giant basilisk here, it made sense <laughs> because we had the egg pit, the yeah. big egg pit full of acid, where all the yeah, no longer the case. Nope. Now there's no giant basilisk here, mm -hmm. which does increase the impact of when you find them. Like. Most changes they've made just made Aldia's Keep cooler. Mm -hmm. And I already loved Aldia's Keep. Uh -huh. So, like, now I like it more. Yes. Because now it's the one area where you get the one giant fuck-off basilisk. <laughs> well, there's another one. Did you find the other one? Where's the other one at? Oh, it's in it's in uh, Huntsman's Cops. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like, I, I imagine I did find it, but I'm just trying to think of where it's, it's, it's at. It's in the big poison pit where you find, like, Ricard's Rapier, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, but this one is in here, like out in the open. Like, yeah, <laughs> you you get the sense that uh, that they are meant to be in caves, um, and uh, just it's just not here, just being baffling. Yeah, exactly. Aldia Aldia caught one, so <laughs> that's that's where he had to get it from somewhere. Yeah, um, Vengarl makes more sense now. Yeah, remember we were trying to think that he might have been a mercenary that worked for Seldor. Yeah, but like... his dialogue implies that he was part of this battle in the woods. Yeah. So, and, and we were just desperately trying to attach that where, to what, you know, where did things. we, where did we land? Because I think the best, like the best supposition that I have for why he was there in the old one was that Saldora found a body and just wanted to keep him around like the, like the headless body of Agnew. Um, I don't remember where we landed. <laughs> yeah. On it. Um, but it, it didn't make, it wasn't great. It didn't it make a, a goddamn lick of sense. Like... Yeah. Um, and now his body is, is nearby. Yeah. Which implies that he was involved in this battle, you know, that maybe happened between the Lion Men and the Invisible Men, mm -hmm. um, or a battle between the um, the Lion Men and Seldora, which is it was near here, and Seldora, you know, uh, so that might also and Seldora has basilisks, mm -hmm. so that could be why the the Lion Men were petrified, hmm. um, with kind of the doors of Pharos just being an inconvenient neutral ground. Yeah, 
between them, even though it is like a PvP arena. Like it almost makes sense for a skirmish zone between two warring parties. I suppose so. Like that, like like they appropriated this this uh, this Moria, this very <laughs> defensible position. That yeah, would, that, and that, that and that's what happened to the Germ because mm-hmm. the Germ, you know, their land was kind of used as this battlefield. Yeah, they were chased out. Yeah, which makes a sense. Yeah, and then the hollow ones returned. I love the idea of the Gurm being chased from there, being chased from their home, going hollow because they fall to the curse and then migrating back to it. Yeah, exactly. And even just doing the things that the Gurm do when they're there, which isn't new, but like just digging through treasure and mm-hmm. like there's that one just chilling cross right legged. Just again <laughs> enforcing that new drink lake is chill drink lake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's also that Gurm that's kind of hanging out in the shaded woods too, kind of back towards Rosabeth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know yeah, I don't what know that's what that guy's doing, doing there. there. Yeah, he, well, he's, he ran away Oh, because he... it's on the same path. Yeah. No. Well, he might also be on the way back home, like yeah. headed, headed back there from the, from, from the pit. I don't know. Yeah, or just, yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. And we don't actually know that part. But the, uh, the, the goblins and, and those guys could be mm-hmm. fallout from this war. Oh, another cool thing. Those goblins, uh, they're, they're mowing down on, on corpses where they so were that, before. That... There's one that there's one that always did it, and then now there's the group of them that are. Oh, uh, okay. So there, there, that was always the case with one guy, but now there's like a big feast, um, huh. which is which is pretty unnerving when you look at it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this is a place we haven't gotten to Creighton yet, just because of the weird order of these. But uh, you find Creighton up on top of one of these towers before Nashka, um, mm-hmm. instead of just finding him at the uh, the crossroads. Yeah, and the. Um, just in the interest of completeness, if you head towards Alia's Keep now, <laughs> instead of it just being nothing, um, there are kobolds that actually lead you into an ambush. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an interesting AI where they will just stay out of your range and run away and just lead you into an ogre that's around a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're very much intelligent and in trying to fuck you over this ogre in case you're trying to make a run for the uh, yeah. red eye or the uh, red tearstone ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this area, like, I don't know if I feel like it's made so it's emptier, but it feels a little bit more tricky, a little bit more difficult, specifically because you can't lock onto these enemies. And I can't think of another place aside from, you know, a bunch of, you know, several bosses um, where it's kind of like, you know, enforced that you not lock on. Um, yeah. You know, like with those bosses, it's advantageous because you realize, oh, the, the, the way the camera works and the way that my movement, my range of movement, you know, functions when I'm locked on versus when I'm not locked on makes this a better idea. But this is a place where so my build for this for this run, like I had never done a lance before. And I, mm-hmm. I really wanted to do that because I, you know, I, I'm a noted dragoon liking guy from Final Fantasy. So I don't want to do a lance. Right. If you can't lock on the lance is fucking useless. Yeah, the lance is really hard to use. I ended up using it for the first time as well because I, I had a lucky drop of uh, the ice lance in um, oh, damn. Uh, uh, Ivory King. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's good if you can get a line because the uh, the, the R2, um, mm-hmm. like you, you mostly just do the R2. You do like a charge and it gets a whole bunch of hits in. Yeah, and that's really good if line. you can buff it. Yeah. Um, just so, because each each hit benefits from the buff. Yeah, so I did like a lightning lance, like a plus 10 lightning lance is what I'm rolling with. But also you have the uh, the, the running R2, which is like a jumping attack. So it's just a yeah. way to close distance really quick. Like it works really well, except when you can't lock on. Well, and the thing is too, it's, it, we did, we're not talking about every little change in item placement, mm-hmm. but the fact that you can play a lance here is significant too because you can get it sooner yeah um like getting a lance or getting a grand lance took a lot longer yeah usually and, it was uh, after it was after the shrine of winter yeah or so if now you just it's got, like you know went after the the executioner and used the boss soul yeah so now you can get you know some different weapons if you want to try different builds you can do it sooner mm-hmm. which is really cool yeah um yeah 
almost nothing has changed in uh, the doors of Pharos. Yeah, this is kind of like a like a symptom of like larger changes, but the the mimics have been moved around. Yeah, there are no yeah, there's no mimic here, so right. that's the only the only thing really. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brightstone is a little bit different. <laughs> I love Brightstone. Yeah. Um, so this is a military outpost, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to being a former military outpost, mm-hmm. which is what it was before, where there are just a couple of hollow farmers. Now those guys are around, but it's also crawling with with falconers. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you also got the pigs, um, and uh, the, the 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 bonfire is now outside of the tent. Uh, it makes this first upper area feel pretty tough. Like the peasants always felt really overpowered. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you pissed a whole bunch of them off. Uh, but the fact that you have these much more aggressive falconers, uh, much more agile falconers, uh, kind of running interference and doing, like, interception on you. Um, and covering each other with bows and shit. Yes, especially that one up by the tree where you can jump into the into the well. Yeah. 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 Like, it's... Uh, it, oh, and also some of them, they're just up in towers that you can't get without a ranged weapon or a ranged attack. You gotta you got knock down the tower, dog. No, I tried attacking it. Did not... Could not knock down the tower. You can knock down the tower. You just oh. have to keep doing it. Okay. Um, it, yeah, it takes, a, it takes a few hits, but mm. you, you can definitely knock down the towers. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which doesn't actually, it's not actually that advantageous to you. It doesn't stun the guy, so he'll usually get a free hit on you oh, damn. when he lands. Like, he just lands on his feet ready to attack. <laughs> it's kind of dumb. Um, you talk about that well you go into. Um, you go into that well, and you get to the end of it. Um, one, there's a pig in the tunnel to surprise <laughs> you. But I think, and I don't think this was the case before, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the chest that's inside the the house that you get to from there is now a mimic. Yes, that was not um, the case before. So that I got I got bit by two mimics in this playthrough <laughs> after previously not getting bit by any. Um, and that is still like one of my favorite Dark Souls thing, and mm-hmm. something I really lament the loss of in Bloodborne mm-hmm. is there's no equivalent to that because when you open it up and you just see the teeth for <laughs> yeah. a second, it is such a like oh I fucked up like it's just like I just I feel like a goddamn idiot. I, I can't break this animation. I just have to <laughs> live with my shame. Yeah, it is, it is such a good good feeling. Um, <laughs> Do you want to hear something shameful? I got I got eaten by three mimics, um, okay. and one of them, uh, I, like I, I didn't get like fooled by it. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, like I, I attacked it, activated it like usual, but I attacked it from the front instead of from uh, from behind because I'm a jackass and I just oh, forgot. Oh, and it did the bite. Yes, so it still woke up and and bit me, even though I could have very much rolled away from it. Yeah, mimics are so cool in this game. Like that is <laughs> such a is such a good twist on those guys. Yeah. Um, so after you kind of get through this area um, with the the falconers and the peasants and the like, you make your way, you know, past this the the spider cave, which is not that different, nope. and past the congregation, which is not different, mm-hmm. into actually into Celadora, which like <laughs> is pretty different, just um, tonally too. Like, yeah, like I already love the premise of Brightstone, right? Just the you know the fact that one you know person's uh, one ruler's obsession run amok has ruined this place. You know that, that that is a theme that is resonant throughout this. This is this was already a very powerful short story. It was already pretty creepy, depending on your comfort level with spiders. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they just included all of these non-aggressive spiders that just kind of stand still and breathe on the walls. Yeah. And just kind of move their legs slowly. Oh, God. They're so much creepier when they stand still because they look plastic and lifeless. And the yellow plays against the black. It's very unsettling. The um, non-aggressive enemies are one of the best tricks, like, a, it seems like a level designer has in their books. Yep. You know, like, it, it's even in, you know, going back to Bloodborne, when we were in the Chalice Dungeon and there are those, like, those non-aggressive Thumerians. Oh, yeah, the Pilgrims? Uh, yeah. Like, that's just unnerving. Mm-hmm. You know, in a game that is... Uh, ordinarily like uh, everything is out to get you Mm -hmm. just having something just standing and watching you Mm -hmm. the whole time is so good yeah 
and like it is it's such a cool you know tool in the toolbox it's uh it's pyramid head on the other side of the bars yeah you know it's watching and waiting and you never know when it's going to make its move yep very very cool yeah um this area is another one that i think is a little bit easier yes um it's harder to get everywhere Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bonfire in the bottom of this that I always had a hard time getting to, but this time around, I just lost patience before I got to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure I could have figured it out, but, um, they changed the navigation after where I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, there are fewer sorcerers with the, the homing missiles. Yeah. So they're not um, filling like couple... the air with death. Yeah. So this area is actually a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. They remove that second zip line that gets you onto the path and that section of the level that gets you to the uh, the second bonfire. Um and I feel like that change made it so they kind of mandated that you go down into the into the uh kind of quicksand portion yeah. of the of the ground level. Uh which exposes you not only to the uh the sand basilisk, which again those are you know Seldor's basilisk, uh but it also exposes you to a new summon who's kind of a pain in the ass, which is uh Bowman Guthrie. Yep. Yeah, who's a dual Avalon mm-hmm. uh, guy. Um and it makes more sense than just the peasant that you got summoned before. Mm-hmm. Well, he's like, still there. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's just yeah. the trap behind door number two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to, yeah, as opposed to just being like, you've been invaded by peasant or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it said. Yeah. If it said anything. Um, as you actually head your way into Spiretown, um, there are peasants <laughs> mining the Brightstone. Yeah. Um, again, they're, and they're hollow. Who knows if they're actually bringing it anywhere, if they're just going through the motions. <laughs> yep. Um, one thing that I don't think this was true before is that spiders are now scared of torches. Yeah. Well, so that's really handy mm-hmm. for all of this bit. Like that makes uh, uh, the Duke's dear Freya easier, like way easier. Yeah. If you have a torch out, a spider will not attack you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this big room, like it's 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 initially very daunting because again they can put more enemies on the screen, so they do that with wild abandon. Like mm-hmm. it's it's again very unsettling, just like a still of all those spiders waiting up in the ceiling. Um, yeah, it's upsetting. Yeah, but they you're safe again if you have uh, if you have the torch. Yeah. Um, as you make your way into uh, Freya's room, there's another new summon here. Mm-hmm. In addition to um, uh, what's his head? I can't remember. Good guy McGee, <laughs> um, Ash and Night Void. Oh, yeah. um, there's another summon as well. You can get with you if you want. But again, like this is you know they listen to Cole having such a hard time with Duke's dear Freya because <laughs> having a torch really makes this fight a lot easier now. Yeah. Um, your shield is not that useful against Freya's attacks, and you can mm-hmm. actually just trivialize the spiders. Yeah. So. Which is good. Um, I, I didn't know the torch bit before I fought Freya, but I still aced her. Like, yeah. I, you know, probably did like 60 tries against her my first playthrough, and it nearly broke me. Um, and then both times I've gone back through to her um, for the show, um, I have just completely one-shotted her. Yeah. 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 So that's not one fun. shot. Well, I mean, yeah, first tried. Yeah, yeah, first try. There we go. So now let's head over to Huntsman's Cops. You know, we've 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 bribed. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the 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 crooked Lysia. priest, Lysia. Yeah. I feel so bad. Like I, I've gone back to my high school re- reunion and they didn't put out the name tags. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like whether people are going to call us out for not having like memorized that stuff. But like when we're actually covering the game, we do research before every episode. Yeah. Um, this is a lot. We're covering the entire game in two episodes of this. Mm-hmm. And we also are keeping Bloodborne in mind as well. So, um, yeah. you know, forgive us for not yeah. remembering names mm-hmm. and the like, hopefully. Please extend us some grace. Yeah. I'll never forget you, Ash and Night Void. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is this area is a little bit trickier mm-hmm. than it used to be. Yeah. Um, Feels a little bit more chaotic. I don't know. Like, especially in the woods, it was just kind of barren. 
Um, but, yeah. uh, uh, if you're, if you're in or near a building, there is not an ambush very far away. And if you are out in the middle of the woods, you don't just have to worry about the kind of like the executioners. Yeah. Yeah. There are more just kind of thieves out there. Um, this is also a very frequent, um, every time I've been in this area, I got forlorn. Mm-hmm. So this is a frequent forlorn target, hmm. um, to me. Um, this is where, uh, you know, Creighton is in that lockaway, but he has some skeletons with him now. <laughs> I just love um, that. They're on either side of them. <laughs> yeah, they're, and they're in the same pose. They're just skeletons. <laughs> it's pretty rad. So I don't know what they're trying to say with that. Let's let's make a supposition. If he's staying there, he would die. Or he is a maladjusted person who is okay with, you know, just kind of chilling. Because I would probably pick up the skeletons and dance with them for a minute and then put them over in a corner, not sit betwixt them. You, there, there's bars on the door. Like you could slide those skeletons out mm. piece by piece and not be in the room with skeletons. <laughs> like it'd be very easy for you, Creighton. Which yeah. again, Creighton is a serial killer. Um, <laughs> the uh, merciless Rowena doesn't just invade anywhere now. She now protects the uh, the key mm-hmm. to where Creighton is at. Which is interesting in case, like if there if there is lore to merciless Rowena, which I don't know if there is. Like, uh, the, like the weirdest thing about her is that she has like the crazy uh, like the prowling Magus hat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because now she could be complicit in keeping Creighton away, mm-hmm. given that she's guarding the key. But I don't think there's actually anything to that. It no. just means she's no longer a mandatory invaded invasion. Mm-hmm. And that gets um, rid of my, one of my favorite touches, which is when you go up there to that uh, to, to that little uh, kind of grove uh, and you pick up the, the the poison knives off the body mm-hmm. and then the, the bandits with the poison knives come out and attack you. You're you're grabbing the weapons from uh, yeah. from, from the way that that person was killed. Um, yeah. now she's just in that little, in that nice little, little arena, which makes her easier to deal with. Cause you're not just fighting her on the side of the cliff. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the, this is one of the few, uh, outright changes to a boss because they didn't buff bosses in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jabba is the same. Dragon Rider is the same. The skeleton Lords are different. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, they summon a lot more skeletons, so many skeletons. And this is one of the things where I think that this is what they wanted to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like they just had a limit to how many, you know, creatures that the engine would support mm-hmm. at once. Because even though each, you know, each skeleton lord previously summoned, I think, five skeletons, um, and now it's closer to eight or nine. Yeah. Um, and if you triggered all of them, you know, that would have been really, really hard for the engine. So now they can they can add up that limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does make the the boss fight is still easy, but it doesn't. It's not quite as trivial mm-hmm. as it once was. Yeah, like uh, you know, the, the the skeletons were already a lingering effect, uh, you know, of killing it. Like once you once you took one of these guys down, you know, like you, you still had to deal with them. But uh, like it's a longer tail uh, beside mm. them. And so you know, if you're summoning somebody for this, or if you're not really um, uh, kind of being mindful, because you can summon Creighton for this fight as well. Uh, but yeah. you're not being mindful of the way that you're doing this, like that uh, that amplification of those skeletons coming up um, is is definitely a real problem. It seemed like there were fewer bone wheels this time. But yeah, there there are, there are there are four bone wheels, mm. but more of everything else. Yes. Um, after you beat these guys, you go to Harvest Valley, uh, which is pretty different. Um, mm-hmm. It is um, you got here in the notes that's more integrated with Earth and Peak, and that's definitely true. Like mm-hmm. the enemies make more sense. Um, Partially because those desert sorceresses are now um, <laughs> acting as kind of snipers yep. covering a lot of areas. They have huge range and will throw gigantic fireballs down at you mm-hmm. um, if you don't watch out when you are dealing with the uh, the gigantic uh, slave master <laughs> guys. Yeah. Um, and those slave masters, now they, do, they, they only appear in the, in the poison pits. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, no, that's that's well, actually, yeah, that, one that of I them. Get, yeah, yeah, over there in the they, they, they still have the one that can break the wall. Yeah, he's yeah. he's still chilling. Yeah, but they place um, they place those sorcerers at bottle at bottlenecks, uh, which is much more satisfying than just having them in that one room. Yep, and there are more. Um, there are parishioners, so from the the crawling or uh, the prowling magus fight mm-hmm. down in the poison, as well as skeleton, more skeletons. Yep. So when you're making your little upgrade runs mm-hmm. down in the poison pits, um, you're more likely to get fucked over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I mean, and some things are just like one of the changes they made that I just I thought about probably more than it was due is on the way to the sunlight shrine. There's no longer um, one of those uh, composite undeads. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like it didn't it wasn't a problem that was there before, but it also like it didn't add anything, mm-hmm. you know, like that was a that was a bad enemy placement. Like that guy being there, it just like felt like they needed to guard the covenant and getting rid of him. Now it's a straight shot just to go to the sunlight, mm-hmm. you know, covenant. And like, that's better. Yeah. You know. Because so. it's a good covenant to have a lot of people in. Yeah. And it just like it, if you, you know, go, go big or go home, I guess. Like if they would have made something cool guarding it, mm-hmm. you know, but don't just throw one of these guys on there willy nilly. Yeah. What if they had a cyan knife there? That, oh, that would have been, woo. That would have been interesting. <laughs> just yeah. uh, be, because it's already like lost lore from the forgotten time. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that would have, we would have had to reevaluate the entire, we had to start the season over. <laughs> like if, if the idea was that Vendrick is, is somehow connected to the, uh, you know, literally to, to Solaire and the, the heirs of the sun. To the sun, yeah. Yeah, as a, as, as their guardian or steward. Mm-hmm. Um, once you actually get into Earth and Peak, um, things get real. Yes, they do. Oh, my gosh. This area is so much more poisonous. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. It's so um, hard. And it was, it was like it, it, was, it was a cakewalk earlier. Yeah, it was, it was definitely no big deal. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing for me that the biggest change is that mannequins have been buffed. Oh my God. Um, these are like among the hardest enemies in the game now. Yeah. Because of where you fight them and the fact that they can stunlock you so easily. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm playing with no armor. I was playing with just big fuck off weapons, and no armor. Um, so I was, I had no poise to be fair, but they're so quick and poison you so fast. Mm-hmm. It was just, this was very hard. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and they're, they're, they're still ambushers, you know, they still, they still drop, uh, you know, behind mm-hmm. you, um, and, and very, you know, and, and not very advantageous places. Um, and they will also climb up and also jump up and get you. So, uh, you will just be going, not, not only are they more, are they more dangerous, the more apt to surround you. Yeah. 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 Um, Luca is still here, but they moved her. Yep. Um, she's in the basement. Um, there's one of the nice things is there's a summon who will now point to the windmill. <laughs> yeah. that, that was something I learned from that, uh, from the, yeah, from the YouTube guy. Yeah, because I, I didn't summon for the actual area, which I, I wish I had. Because I pro- it's actually... It probably would have been really good, wouldn't it? And I also think the guy that you summon, I think it's Bashful Ray, which is just, <laughs> a, a, again, a good combination of name and noun for, for a summoner, for a summoned uh, guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the path to Gilligan, like, the, you can't just go there now. Like, it's it's blocked off, so you have to find a circuitous route to it. Yeah, to get to that outside little ledge mm-hmm. where, you, where you can get to him. Which um, has a bizarre effect of making the easy way to get to uh, the gutter um, much more difficult. Yeah, it's a little bit harder. I mean, if you don't want to do the silver cat ring mm-hmm. method. Um, the uh, the Grave Wardens are still here, which that was our, our big lore contention. Yeah. Bone to pick that we had, and that's still the case. And it would have been, there's just a couple of them. It would have been very easy to replace them with something. Yeah. I'm still, I'm bummed out that they, they remained. I think we ultimately, at least, at least I ultimately ended up being like, okay, so we have, uh, the, the Queen Mytha who is somehow trying to cheat death 
with her crazy mm-hmm. stuff um and maybe by doing that or uh or, or infringing upon uh i think either shalva or the or the grave itself um like in their descriptions they say that you know they will pursue somebody to the end of the earth to protect the sanctity and the, you know to, to to not let a slight go on you know un, un avenged right yeah but it's yeah, still it, it's still weird it's just weird they're not acting in that like mm-hmm. if they let's say they were like they were aggressive to other enemies and you mm-hmm that would have been cool because they would have been another invading force mm-hmm. here as opposed to just like, they just act like they're a defense. Yeah. Um, for here. So that's just kind of a bummer. I don't know. Like, um, like, like, like them being there, it feels like such a, such a missed opportunity because as it stands, you know, earth and peak doesn't really fit in with, you know, the iron King who is definitely interesting. Um, yeah. You know, and it doesn't, you know, like, like having her tie into the, to, to tie into the undead crypt would have, you know, integrated this more fully into it. And as it stands, even in this remake, this area still feels like an early concept that they just kind of like tacked on. Or, what, what or a, a really, in. yeah. What they could have done is replace, um, them with, uh, uh, what, what, what's the night? Um, the cyan night? Not the cyan night, the, uh, knights from Iron Keep. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Because then it could have been like the honor guard. If mm-hmm. if this, you know, because we we went back and forth on whether uh, Mitha was the Iron King's bride mm-hmm. at some point, or whether he belonged to the you know the Prince of Belfry Soul or what have you. Mm-hmm. But that would have at least been in either case. Either of those people could have yeah. given her an honor guard. Yeah, the Alon Knights. Alon Knight. That's what I'm looking for. Um, so that would have made a lot of sense, mm-hmm. but uh, not the case. And it would have also made this harder, which is part of the reason why I'm kind of glad they didn't because yeah. it's already really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Iron Keep, which formerly was one of the hardest areas in the game, if not the <laughs> hardest area, is significantly easier. Yeah. So they just kind of cranked it back. It's like a numbers game. Yeah. So yeah. there, there are fewer, fewer Alon Knights. Um, <laughs> they're just placed differently. Mm-hmm. So it's like there are fewer of them kind of covering each other mm-hmm. um, with bows and arrows. Like it has less of the archers from Anor Orlando kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, there are more of them that will see you before you see them. Yeah, it feels like, especially on uh, on the inside and that courtyard. It's still it's still mostly the same, um, but uh, but but yeah, uh, like they they're, they're a little bit trickier. But it's not like you're having to deal with multiples of them at once. Yes, backing yeah. up just a little bit. How much did you just kind of expect the elevator to go down instead of up this time? Um, I I didn't think there would actually be any changes to geography. Yeah, like it, like I didn't think that would happen. It would have been a real like admission of guilt. But like the funny <laughs> thing about that is that people make such a big deal out of that, but it's answered in the design works book. Mm-hmm. Like the the description of the level design document wasn't like a sea, like a, a lake of fire. It was supposed to be kind of a um like a valley on top of a mountain. Yep, kind of thing. Like it wasn't supposed which, to be you know an island. Which is which is what we said. Yeah, exactly. Like it wasn't intended to look exactly mm-hmm. like it did. It was a miscommunication between the level designer and the actual, you know, guy who who made it, mm-hmm. um, or the designer and the the concept artist, I guess. Yeah, or what have you. <laughs> that like that is still one of the most controversial episodes we've ever done. Because yeah, it's it's, it's, so... it's so it's so dumb. Like <laughs> I mean, don't don't I mean I'm not calling any specific person dumb, but it's still I still think I mean I've already said all this stuff. It's a mm-hmm. dumb thing to get caught up on. Yeah, and like. One of the things, and, and we'll get into it when we go into the next episode, and we do kind of a wrap up stuff. Like this, really affirmed for me that Dark Souls Two is really badass and great. Mm-hmm. Like it is not like it's not flawless, but there are so many cool things it does, and I hate that it gets swept away mm-hmm. with these like frankly pedantic concerns. Like some of the things, like if you want to say like, "Hey, the NPCs aren't very good," that's mm-hmm. a legitimate complaint. The elevator going up is a pedantic non-concern, and you should 
not worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's not worth your time. That's silly. <laughs> Especially now that we know the explanation. Oh, wait, the explanation is not that they're just incompetent assholes. Mm-hmm. It's just a regular human mistake. Yep. You know, it's not like, oh, they don't give a shit and they were purposely trying to fuck with your like perfect, you know, cohesive world. It's that somebody made a mistake because that's what happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I have, I have spilled milk fallacy around this and we invested so much time in playing it that I'm going to defend it and also defend the entire notion of us doing a Dark Souls podcast because to admit otherwise is to, um, you know, stop doing anything and stop speaking, which is what people want. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you jackals get your, get your way. The, um, I mean, most of you are not jackals. Nope. I just like, it is most just of you a, who are still here are not jackals. Yeah, that's true. Um, it just, it just seems silly to me. And like, mm-hmm. it just, I don't, Again, I'm just, like, it's one of those things where I'm just not playing the same game, I guess. Mm-hmm. But there are just so many moments in this replay where I'm just like, this is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's frustrating because, like, I, you know, um, Vivian was making fun of me and it was like, oh, known, you know, Bloodborne hater troll. And it's like, I really <laughs> love Bloodborne. Yeah. But I don't love everything about Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I like a lot more about Dark Souls 2. <laughs> and some things I like a lot more about Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just comes down to what is more important to you mm-hmm. or what thing. And I like all those things so I can appreciate them both. Yep. You know, and it's not like a milquetoast South Park centrism. No. It is just the fact that, like, I really like the way the variety of builds and weapons and stuff in Dark Souls 2. And a lot of individual scenarios, I think, are really great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I the story of Bloodborne blows my mind and is is wonderful. Yeah. You know, so like it and the characters and stuff. So there are there are things to like in both both mm-hmm. things. And just yep. the, the urge to just condemn one thing, you know, like there can only be best and nothing you know, <laughs> that, that comes on the internet that just drives me crazy. Hold two thoughts in my head. What am I, a magician? Yeah, yeah exactly. What's next? A dentist for your hair? Like it, it's not, like how how am I supposed to do that? How how can I appreciate the uh you know the nuance like nuance? I don't know. <laughs> stuff drives me nuts. Um <laughs> the alienation elevator. <laughs> exactly. That elevator, man. <laughs> we had the perfect guest for that episode because when we had Bob and Bob was just like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And, <laughs> and as opposed to, you know, well, somebody who would have been like can you engage let's let's get 20 minutes of grousing out of the way well no this was also a year ago and that was around when gamergate was happening i know i'm not i know we're not supposed to talk about gamergate but like this was before i had a name to put to it and when i was talking about not being a fan like that that's yeah, what i was exactly. talking about so like we, we were talking about gamergate before there was like really heinous shit to really put like pin a name to and like yeah. this is how it manifested in talking about this show or talking about this game and the reaction to it yeah, because there, I mean, there's obviously there's a, a through line there of like entitled consumer, you know, culture. <laughs> I'm and, watching the listeners go down. <laughs> no, no, I no, mean, I, it no, is, it's I, not, everybody who's, who's I brought it up and I pushed the issue. Don't worry. Well, no, I'm not. I, there's nothing to worry about because <laughs> even if you had you had taken it even further, it'd be okay. Like people who who the the good people will either live and let live or are with us on that. Yep. You know, I'm not saying everybody has to agree, but at least they're not going to be like those, those fuckers that think <laughs> that you know if that if that's a deal breaker for you. I'm yeah, sorry to say. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, I mean, it sounds like I'm being very defensive about something that's not existing. What, what actually happened was I spent a lot of time researching this and read a lot of message boards. Mm-hmm. So I'm not actually even arguing with our listeners. I don't even know I'm doing this. I'm arguing with like anonymous people on the internet mm-hmm. and opinions I read, but I had that feeling of like, man, I disagree with this, but I'm not going to like start a NeoGAF account to argue with, mm-hmm. you know, banana fan 69. <laughs> I'm, you know, I have a podcast. I don't need to do that, but it does end up kind of making me uh, you know, shadow box for no reason. Yeah. And like this was a year ago and we have a little bit distance from it and to come back to it and recognize how goofy it is. I think that out of its original context, it like it's, it's still kind of ridiculous. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. 
Um, so yeah, so let's, uh, you know, Iron Keep ends up being largely the same though. Yeah. Um, let's talk gutter. Mm-hmm. This also ends up being largely the same. Yeah, gutter is similar. It less seems like a dumping ground for Aldia's junk. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of cool, um, you know, things that bleed in with what this area ultimately becomes. Um, so there are a couple of those bugs from um, the Sunken King. Mm-hmm. Crown of the Sunken King. Um, those guys are around now in a couple of those little side caves. Yep. Which is cool. The idea that they uh, kind of crawled their way up from Shul- Shulva mm-hmm. um, or have been living here. And it's also, it's it's dark, so you want to light the torches. This was always the case. This was the one really dark area in the game. Um, but now when you light all of them, it actually summons like a protector. Of gutter, like a, <laughs> the like gutter. The gutter denizen. Yeah. Yeah. Gutter denizen shows up. Yeah. To, uh, to come get you to turn off all the lights because, you know, he's not made of electricity. <laughs> uh, gutter denizen and armor Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gutter denizen. Um, but for the most part, they're just like, there's more acid. Yeah. around and there are fewer enemies that don't belong here yeah so um, the mummies don't really make an appearance here neither do the dogs do those yeah. do those uh crazy big rat dogs um show up anywhere else now they're in aldia's in the basement of aldia's oh yeah yep still yep in, in the uh, in the acid pit down there yeah. devouring the giant parts yep yeah so they're they're still there but again that's why this seems less like just aldia's you know, septic tank. <laughs> and Which, and that, that takes a little bit of the punch away from the supposition that the, that the uh, mansion belonged to Aldea. Like it's, yeah. it's still, it's still a cool idea. There's just less in the text to support it. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of a bummer since it was a pet theory of mine, but like, mm-hmm. again, it doesn't actually negatively impact this area. I would say it positively impacts this area. Yep. And uh, this, uh, anytime that the, the, you know, that the game can exercise the new lighting and the new graphics, that's pretty cool. They also put in mm-hmm. a lot more, uh, a lot more sconces here or torchiers mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them, uh, braziers. They put in a lot more dairy cream braziers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And also uh, some of the, some of the people that like this, you're still an invading force in this place. Uh, you yeah. know, a lot of the hollows are kind of like chilling, uh, you know, with their, with their shitty carpets and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're also kind of like worshiping the, the, the torches. Yeah, yeah. You run into that that kind of thing more often, which is interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, we get that the torches are these little idols. You know, we talked about that last time, but Rotten is trying to put them together. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, it kind of underlines that they have some kind of significance. Um, and then when you actually find the insects in Shulva <laughs> that are made of them, you know. So um, oh, my so, gosh. Uh, I, so, like, let peek behind the curtain. I haven't played the DLC for this again. I am so looking forward to going back and playing the DLC. <laughs> I've only I've only finished one of them by the mm-hmm. time we're recording this now. I did Irie King again, mm-hmm. and it remains great. Yeah. Um, I didn't do the optional area because obviously that's bullshit. <laughs> but the it actually is interesting because they didn't change those very much for the the scholar patch, but the NPC limits and summon limits do make a difference. So like, yeah. I went in to fight the Ivory King with seven people, <laughs> like between the knights and summons, and it was awesome. Oh my god. Like, it was just, like, it was something that, like, hasn't been done in the series before, where it was this really chaotic melee, mm-hmm. um, you know, of, like, of like seven on, you know, seven on seven, like, brawl. <laughs> um, it was it was incredible. It was super, super cool. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to going back through Iron King and uh, 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 Shulva, yep. Sunken King. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, so the gutter gets a little bit easier, I think, honestly, uh, because yeah. you have fewer uh, exploding mummies ambushing you on uh, on the uh, root bridges. And the fact that there are more torches makes it easier to keep that through line uh, yeah. through there. The Black Gulch is harder, though. It I is. Think. It's, yeah. it's harder because they because they actively try to deny you a very good resource. Yeah. So like my 
Black Gulch thing is generally just run to that second bonfire mm-hmm. and don't give a shit if you get poisoned and don't fight anything. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, there are, there are defenses in place for that now. Mm-hmm. Um, you get invite invaded. Um, but most importantly, there is a statue yeah. blocking that second bonfire, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, one of the most useful bonfires in the game. So mm-hmm. like, and you get a fragrant branch of your, yep. when you first come down here. So you'll definitely have one. You just have to decide if you want to spend it. Um, I recommend it. But if if you have those tentacle hands hot on your heels like that, yeah, the, the unfreezing animation takes so long. But the thing, it stays unfrozen if you die. Okay. So once you started it, and then when you get there, you know you'll still be able to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might take a couple tries. Like it's good to go spend your souls mm-hmm. before you go do this. But um, that's just kind of how I deal with this area. I've always thought of this as like. Again, just in new concepts that are brought to the series, like this is an area you're meant to sprint through yeah. rather than, than be careful mm-hmm. and clear out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a consequence of the new graphics engine or if this is me coming to it with fresh eyes, you know, a year later. But mm-hmm. um, the the area looks much prettier to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. The contrast between the kind of the glowing eerie greens and, and, and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, is like, a little bit stronger. The the cavern feels much bigger because you see more of these, you know, lights off in the distance. This bioluminescence. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. I I I'm, I'm I agree with you. I, I'm into that as well. Um, Wood Woodland Guthrie, or whatever <laughs> Wood Boy, uh, Lawn Boy, Fishman, yep, or whatever the uh, you know pops him down here, and uh, he is a consistent pain in the ass um, <laughs> because he's always on your heels right before you get to that second bonfire, mm-hmm. and then will invade on your way to the boss. You're doing boss runs. Yeah. Uh, there's also another one um, who uh, uh, appears down in the lower levels if you're going for the the giants. Yeah. And that giant room, as opposed to being pretty dark, is now literally pitch black. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to have some kind of light. Yeah. <laughs> in there. Um, so that's and that's also where you go down there to get the key to give you the key to get you into the Sunken King. Yes. Um, the actual key to the Sunken King is actually where Havel set was. Mm-hmm. Um, down in the kind of the pit. Yeah. Um, down there. We didn't talk about the Grave of Saints. The Grave of Saints didn't change. Didn't really change, no. Yeah. Um, but the uh, other than like, that's where that key is now, mm-hmm. is on your way to the Grave of Saints. Yep. Yep. And that's kind of a bigger thing. This is this is one of the first. Well, no, we also had the the, the, the Iron King. And I believe in the next episode, we're going to talk about where you get the, uh, the, the Frozen Rose or whatever that is. You don't mm-hmm. just get those keys that get you into those areas. Um, mm-hmm because you know just 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 by having the dlc like they are fit into the sequence in a weird way and they, they all make sense where they're at mm-hmm. like for you know lore reasons for where the uh what those enemies are um and what it does is it makes it so it takes some control away from you but they are end game areas mm-hmm. so for people i understand why they did it like if you know when people someone buys dark souls 2 now um they're probably getting the scholar edition and this is the only dark souls they know so if they just have this key and they just find, you know, they beat the rotten and they're at like soul level 35. They don't know not to go in like, oh, I'm just supposed to go here. I'm supposed to go into Shulva. Like, no, you know, you're not supposed to go into Shulva yet. And then they do that just to control your kind of level mm-hmm. as you go in there. So it, it yeah. makes a sense. Which is good. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now after you defeat the rotten um, and w- one of the things just real quick, and this is my own personal <laughs> experience, is the fact that there was that summon. Mm-hmm. Now or that invader um, caused a lot of difficulty for me because the yeah. rotten is my typical grinding boss for, <laughs> for souls. Um, I've now gotten to the part where I can beat the rotten on new game plus eight without getting hit. <laughs> wow. Um, which is what I, I would, this is how I grind for, for souls in this game. 
Um, which means if I actually ever go to New Game Plus and end up here, you know, without being really high level, I'm going to be fucked because everything here will one shot me. Um, but like, I'm just like, I part of me wants to try to speed run Dark Souls too because that's mm-hmm. what you spend. That's how you get all your souls. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is killing the rotten. Yeah. Over and over, and like for my money, he is the easiest boss. Yeah. Of uh, of this game, um, as far as like big bosses, not Dragon Rider bosses. But anyway, the fact that I kept making that run to him, and I kept having to deal with Woodland Guth- Guthrie or whatever, Woodboy. Um, kept coming up to try to stab me in the back as I went to the fog gate uh, was a bummer and made this a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the four Lords, right? Yeah. (laughs) Those are the Lords. Um, Aldia shows up. Um, Oh, I love the way Aldia shows up. He's not just posted up there anymore. He explodes out of the bonfire. Yeah. Which he does. (laughs) He did later before, but now Mm -hmm. he does it here as well. And he does it at whatever the fourth Lord is that you defeat. Mm hmm. So it used to be he was always here, um, but now it depends on which one you do last. Is that is that true? I thought he was always at the at the last one you did. I I really thought he was at this one. Okay. Before, but I mean maybe I did that when I went through before I did this mm. one last. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, Aldia shows up, and and we've talked about Aldia. Yeah. Already. Yeah. He says a bunch of cryptic things, and uh, it's uh, he gives you a very Alvia like uh, um, dialogue prompt. Just always say yes to him because you want to yeah. fight him at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's uh, the first episode we're doing on Scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, next episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Dreng Lake, um, Aldia's, um, all the stuff that's kind of passed there, which a lot of the major changes. Yeah. Have happened there, and then uh, we'll probably touch and kind of revisit the DLCs and talk about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. No guarantee that I'm going to get through all the DLCs yeah. between them, but I'll I'll definitely work on them. Mm-hmm. Do we have any kind of like wrap up thoughts for this for this kind of section, or do we, or do we want to save those for uh, for the kind of the grand wrap up over all of them? Um, I'm fine. They they all apply, apply for me. It applies to everything. Yeah, it's not like to me a lot of the strongest contents actually in the next half. It's not mm-hmm. like uh boy, this first part's really great. And then it just gets really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they did a lot of their best work in the second half, but even the stuff here, I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it before in extra sode uh, time, but like if you're at all on the fence about this, especially if you have dark souls two for PC, the upgrade price is like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a different enough experience that if you ever think you're going to replay dark souls two, you should definitely get it. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more thoughtful and a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. I think. And if you have played this, uh, go ahead and write us in with your thoughts about uh, The Scholar of the First Sin as a whole uh, through uh, duckfeed.tv slash contact. Uh, we're looking for those for the extra sode, uh sorry, for the appendix, rather, mm-hmm. um, for, uh, for, 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 for this content. And this might be some of the last times we talk about Dark Souls 2 until, you know, 2017 when they released for the PS5. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we'll, and we'll still probably end up talking about it because it's controversial. Oh, yeah. So, like, people will it will, will continuously get called out for it, <laughs> uh, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. The I'm only half being, I mean, I like talking to people about Dark Souls 2. It mm-hmm. sounded like I'm bitter and I don't, but I do. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, if you have any thoughts about um, the next areas we're covering in Bloodborne, mm-hmm. remember Bloodborne, which is Canehurst. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Forsaken Castle Canehurst, which makes a really strong argument, like me doing all this Bloodborne or uh, Dark Souls 2 white knighting, and then we're covering like probably my favorite area yeah. in uh, Bloodborne after this. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. And I have a guest like semi lined up, but I'm still waiting for confirmation. So it's going to be one of those things, mm-hmm. but uh, it's cool. So look forward to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so stuff that is changed since we last recorded, I included a little mention of this in the, in the pre-roll to the previous appendix, but this is the first main episode since this has happened, but we've made some uh, revisions to our Patreon. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so it's it's changes in the reward structure. We haven't taken anything away. We've added things, mm-hmm. um, but there are a lot different, you know, a lot more uh, dollar amounts. So you can kind of whatever you can afford is really great. And the the access are the things you get are more powerful. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if you're a fan of abject suffering, which you should be, um, mm-hmm. there's easy ways to vote on episodes or get your episode picked mm-hmm. um, for that, or get a bonus episode of that per month. Yep. Um, it's the first show we're producing five episodes a month <laughs> of um, because it is so easy and so fun. Yeah. Um, and then kind of the biggest change is that just for a mere $2, we now have a Slack channel, um, which is like a community chat room uh, thing. Mm-hmm. And so far, that's been fantastic. Yeah. So we want this to be a cool, safe place to be. Um, and uh, you're going to get those. Uh, I send out invites every couple of days. So if you don't get invited right away, uh, do not fret. Those are coming there. Uh, but uh, it is a great place to hang out, especially if you're like me and you already use Slack for work. And it looks like you're working when you're in there. <laughs> That's, I didn't even think of that. I know a lot of people who are on there are at work just because of the times. Mm-hmm. That they're on, I feel bad because I miss a lot of uh, not having a, a day job, like having yep. my non-standard schedule. Mm-hmm. I end up uh, uh, missing a lot of the fun shit. Mm-hmm. That's okay. There's uh, there's fun shit that happens 24-7. <laughs> yep. Slack.com. You hold down Slack after dark. So. Slack after dark is my is my creation. <laughs> um, so if you come come there, if you want to get after dark, it's it's not, it's not, it's Slack for adults. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, a, it's a little <laughs> blue. As opposed to as opposed to kitty slack. Um, the other the other big thing, and I announced this at the beginning of the show, um, big change is uh, I've launched a Kickstarter. Um, so if you go to uh, right now at the time we're recording, it's not public, so I don't have the URL because it's not published right now. It's launching with this episode. So today, as you're hearing this, how about this? the first time? What's the title of the book? Uh, Souls of Darkness. Okay, go to duckfeed.tv/slash/souls-of-darkness, and there will be a redirect that takes you to it. Perfect. Thank you. Um, yeah. So the uh, I'm writing a book. The uh, if you know um, about Worlds of Power, if you listen to Watch Out for Fireballs, we did a dramatic read of a Worlds of Power for our Bionic Commando episode. Um, there are these shitty books based on Nintendo games, and I'm making one as if it were based on Dark Souls. Um, I'm using I'm calling it uh, Souls of Darkness because I don't want to get sued um, <laughs> for parody law, but it is uh, it's I'm really proud of it. It's about halfway done, um, but books are really expensive, and I need your help to make it. Um, so Nick Daniel of Latchkey Kingdom is teaming up and doing the art. Um, I've seen a lot of it, and there's some of it up on that Kickstarter page, and it looks mm-hmm. great. Um, and then the other kind of big draw, other than the fact that it is a funny book and a cool little piece of Dark Souls paraphernalia of, like, an alternate universe mm-hmm. where Dark Souls was a Nintendo game and had one of these books, is that uh, I'm doing my best to emulate all of the things about these books that make them what they are. <laughs> so, like, the page quali- paper quality... Um, this, the weird kind of non-standard size. There's a trading card in the middle. Um, they have hints that are written at the end of every chapter, and these are going to be fake hints <laughs> from this fake version of Dark Souls. Um, one of the uh, Kickstarter rewards is that you get to write one. Um, there's a bunch of different cool Kickstarter rewards you can check out other than just getting the book. Um, but it means a lot to me if you guys checked that out and uh, supported me and uh, helped me will this really cool thing into existence. Mm-hmm. Um I like the idea of there being this alternate history where <laughs> Dark Souls was a Nintendo game and was part of the cheesy Nintendo mania marketing mm-hmm. that uh, that we were all part of <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there may just be some uh, some cool stuff in a stretch goal for Bonfire Side Chat fans. It's true. Yeah, there, there's uh, the stretch goals I'm really proud of. You can't actually add those to the campaign mm-hmm. until you make your actual goal. 
-hmm. So um, help me make that goal and I will reveal them um, to you. But they're all really neat. Uh, cool bonfire side chat stuff. Uh, cool, you know, audio, like an audio version of the book, an audio play version <laughs> of the book, like a fully produced one. And I will announce this because it might get people to dig deep. Um, Vadi has agreed to do a fake lore video. <laughs> so there's going to be a, a prepare to cry based on a, uh, a fictional character from this game using footage from Dark Souls. Um, but with the, the full uh, prepare to cry you know, production and everything. <laughs> so will this weird fake alternate universe thing into existence yeah. using your PayPal accounts, please? <laughs> yes. Uh, once again, that is uh, duckfeet.tv slash souls of darkness or do a search on, uh, on, on uh, Kickstarter or look at the featured on Kickstarter fingers yes. crossed <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to take a look at that and help Gary out and uh, make this thing real because I desperately want it to be real. It is. I will. And you will hear about it on the network for the time the campaign's running. Mm -hmm. So uh, I apologize to listeners if you get sick of it. I apologize to Cole for, uh, <laughs> for monopolizing time. Um, but uh, I really, really want to this thing to, to go through. Mm -hmm. So asking for $6,000 to pay Nick and then produce the books mm -hmm. um, and ship them and the like. So um, it's a fairly modest goal. And I think we can do it. Yeah. So. Mm hmm. Fantastic. Um, other than that, there's the usual stuff. I, I can't think of anything you know special. We still have the Facebook group, even though the Slack is is there. We're still uh, posting those videos, and uh, mm -hmm. we are still uh, participating there. Uh, for anybody, that is facebook.com slash bonfiresidechat. And it has been a little bit since we've gotten a review. And those I was just do, about to say the same thing. do really help us out. So um, if you have a moment, uh, even just a, a star rating, just clicking a button, uh, uh, does make a big difference for us. Yeah. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And then, and our, uh, you know, we talked about the Patreon, but I don't think we gave the address. Mm -hmm. Patreon.com forward slash DuckFeedTV. Mm -hmm. And you can check out all of the, you know, we have a lot of shows and produce a lot of content yeah. for the network. And this is, you know, this is what we like doing. So yep. if you like it and want to support us and want us to do more of it, um, that's the reality yeah. of it. You know, we're never going to quit, but if to do more, we do need support because mm -hmm. it's not free to do this stuff. And, yeah. And I don't think we can re reiterate this as we're kind of at a time where we're, you know, reevaluating and refactoring all this stuff. The goal, like the, like the idea of the pie in the sky is to, you know, expand what we're doing because we have show ideas and we have, you know, concepts we want to get out there, but we're running up at a time. We're running up to a place where we have, you know, like money isn't a concern. Time is. And the only way you can buy more time is to not do a day job. Right. And so we're not saying like, you know, there, there's like four people who make a total living off podcast mm -hmm. and three of them are aliases for Adam Carolla. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's his offshore bank accounts and stuff. Like it's rare to make a total living or make a great living, mm -hmm. but it would be awesome to be able to make part of our living. Yeah. And say like, Hey, we work part time, but then half time, literally half time. Mm -hmm. We play, you know, video games and do these podcasts. And yeah. we have, like, it's, we're not, you know, we can do it. Like, you <laughs> you know, you know that we can be consistent and, and bring a level of production quality mm -hmm. and everything. Um, and we have ideas for shows that we would want to listen to and we think would be great. Yeah. Um, so it just, we just need that support. Yeah. Um, we already have the support. We're going to do that second live show mm -hmm. um, during the year. I'm really excited about that. That's going to help us grow and help us get out in front of people who we haven't seen us before mm -hmm. um, and just help us meet people. Cause we like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but this is a, uh, so we, we just, you know, again, this is the begging portion of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the show. We need your help to do that stuff. And, and we think that you like it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we just want to let you know that we like doing it and we're willing to go as far as you're willing to let us. Yeah. I and, guess. Um, you know, it doesn't just have to be the begging portion. It can be the gratitude portion because everybody who has given to us over the past year and, you know, handful of months uh, has made a mm -hmm. huge difference in our ability to approach this in a cool and exciting and kind of like whole hog way. 
even even like the 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 fact that we can come to this and be in like a good mood when we record <laughs> is because of your support. Like, yep. It 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 is. You know, you guys, we love that you guys are, and we like interacting with you and stuff. And Slack has been huge for that. Um, that is why you know it's still it's remained fun mm-hmm. because because of you guys. Yep. Um, and that's just as important as any uh, any money you're willing to toss our way. Yeah. So even if you're unwilling to do any of that stuff, if you don't want to support the Kickstarter or the Patreoners, and when I say unwilling, I don't mean that. <laughs> unwilling or unable. Yeah. Um, we still really appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to make it sound like a, you know, or make it sound like it's a, you know, a members only club. Yep. But there is an exclusive members only club you can enter <laughs> yeah. if you're supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> but 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 that is above and beyond the uh, the inclusive atmosphere we hope that we're cultivating. Yeah. It's it's actually like kind of a pretty great community so far. Like it mm-hmm. is not a I mean there's you know not so many active listeners in mm-hmm. our patrons that are um sorry I, I think we'd have to start worrying about shitheads and trolls. Mm-hmm. But I like to think that we have some hand in cultivating an audience of like reasonable nice people by way of being reasonable and nice. Yeah. Um so it's a like a good place. Like there it isn't full of the you know people calling each other slurs mm-hmm. that you might find on other uh, other chat rooms and shit yeah. so i i am very proud of the community and very grateful yeah and uh you know we'd love to have you there so mm-hmm. if uh you want to come give it a shot yeah. those are the ways to do it yeah so uh tune in next week for the rest of uh, dark souls 2 scholar of the first sin uh we're going to get into some of the really interesting stuff there but i think there was plenty uh, interesting to cover here um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it just, it feels great. This is an awesome time to, to be in this, you know, to be into this series. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's working out really well. It does mean our bloodborne season is going to be probably our longest season. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, but it's so, it's all so good and, and so interesting to cover that. I don't mind. Yeah. So until, uh, yeah, until next time, what should they do? Cole? Uh, be careful when you let a, when you let a bonfire, because you never know what's going to, what's going to explode out of one. That's true. Yeah. And we all pray that we will have far more soon.